Here we are, listeners, with Chronicles of Darkness, Creepy Rashomon Marine Buffet, Vampire the Requiem, Episode 1. This is a new game, listeners, taking place in the Creepy Rashomon Marine Buffet cinematic universe. There's an intro episode that came before this that explains the concept. You probably should listen to that one, because this is not going to make a lot of sense. So... I am Devin, the GM, returning to GMing after my break, after the living years, and across from me we got... I am Kevin, playing Caesar Vargas, who is a Ventrue. I'm Nicole, playing Leo Kelly, who is a Maquette. And Peter, playing Fyodor Valesuavovich Patrov, a Maquette. <laughs> Fucking what?! Oh man, Peter. Fyodor Valesuavovich Patrov. You got it, Fry. <laughs> Peter said for our Ferrari. <laughs> Peter said Fyodor in the cat. And then he said, actually, you also said the character's last name, but. It was a form of music. That character did not have a name. Oh my Christ. Alright, so it is a balmy October week in Atlantis 1. A city over 6,000 miles under the ocean, at the bottom of the sea, in the abyssal zone, far away from light's hateful embrace. Uh, the city is made up of four public domes that people live in. It's underwater ecology. It is the 1980s. The 1980s exist in every single spectrum of 1980s, so it is at the same time, December, uh, January 1st, 1980, and it's also December 31st, 1989. It's all happening at the same time. We're not worrying about the exact dates things came out. It's all happening. There are three main domes uh, that are national, like they're country-based, Japan, Canada, and Russia. There's a middle one called the Promenade. This place is a fucking tourist trap. People come to live here, people come to gamble here, people come here to vacation. You know, it's at the bottom of the ocean. There's submarines, you can go on tours. It's a city. It's also kind of full of vampires. Because, you know, it's far away from the sunlight. Wouldn't, that's like the first thing vampires would go for. Right. So, the three of you are all less than a month old. Wait, it can't be the first week of October. It has to be the last week of October. Because I actually put a date on when Elysium happens. Uh -huh. At the end of the month. You fucking fuck. I reject Christ. Well, I guess I was going to do the for this. <laughs> we'll just all shut down. Alright, so it's the end of October. It's around Halloween. It's probably Halloween. All Souls Day. It's every 1980s Halloween. Ghostbusters probably came out, and people like Nightmare on Elm Street. Tom Clancy is celebrating novel fame because his book, The Hunt for Red October, came out. Uh, Princess Diana is still alive? Yes. Yep. Yeah. As is John Bidet Ramsey. <laughs> so! Okay, to fix the timeline. <laughs> so here we are, um, under the, under the sea, in a city populated by people, and the three of you are vampires. I'm gonna go around the table, and you're gonna introduce your characters to the listeners and each other. Give us a bit of backstory, and, I don't know, also maybe a physical description. I'm going to start on the right with Peter. Okay, so Fyodor is a maquette, 
uh, he's part of the Invictus. He's an older guy in, in his 40s. He's, he comes from the Soviet Union, been an architect there, uh, left for Tatis One when it was being uh, remade in the 70s. So he's been around here for a while. And yeah, he's a bit small, but you know, hunched over. Yeah. What was the tweet that's about? Small guy hunched over. I don't know. What's his hair color? Paint a tableau for the listeners. Probably black. Nicely combed over. So. Oh, I'm thinking much. Sure. Kevin? Alright, Cesar Vargas is a 20 year old young man from Canada, Vancouver. He moved down here after being essentially blackmailed by his family. His father is a uh, cop who moved down here to serve as security. After uh, being busted in a convenience store robbery. He is tall, uh, kind of dark auburn hair, kind of tan, um, Spanish descent. He dresses kind of like a typical gangster. What kind of gangster? Yeah, there's a lot of different gangsters. It's kind of sporty. Like, uh, like he wears a leather team. jacket, not a pinstripe suit? Not track pants and, uh, and a corduroy jacket? Yeah, God, no. Uh, <laughs> basketball, uh, jersey, uh, shorts. Kind of gang colors. Cool. Yeah. Kind of I, I totally thought you meant like a leather jacket. <laughs> oh god, no. Like. No. <laughs> and gold chains. Also, he looks scary. Yes. Like he you took a thing to say that he looks scary, so he looks scary. Striking looks. He looks. He cuts <laughs> an intimidating finger. <laughs> He's gonna kill your dog. <laughs> um, Leo, who for the listeners is female. Um, is in her late 20s-ish. Uh, she's relatively short, uh, kind of have, has a runner's build, uh, long, straight, blonde hair, a little bit of freckles. Uh, she used to be basically a hippie living on a commune with other people, growing and selling drugs. Uh, then one person was going to rat her out, so she moved down to Atlantis One to start over and uh, build a new life. She started selling drugs again, <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's happening. She's uh, has like a holistic medicine shop that she owns and runs, gardens, stuff like that. I don't know what else to say. Seems pretty good. Okay, so. The three of you returned about a month ago. Your sires are all known players in Atlantis One. Uh, Nicole's sire is Dr. Marcello San Giovanni, the necromancer from Italy. Kevin's sire is Rebecca Smith, secretary to the Prince of the City. And Peter's sire is Alexei Romanov. Literally Alexei Romanov from history. But not a small infant baby Jesus boy, a full-grown <laughs> man-vampire. <laughs> For the listeners who are not educated, Alexei Romanov was Anastasia's brother and was killed as a small, innocent little baby boy in Russia. When I picture you talking about him as a baby, I picture that exorcist from Poltergeist just being like that with a high-pitched voice. <laughs> kind of baby. They didn't move the bodies! Brains. <laughs> 
But Alexi's a man. Creepy Slender Man looking man. I mean, he's a maquette. They're all creepy spider shadow people. So are you. <laughs> oh, yeah, so are you. Creepy shadow. Uh, <laughs> so, um, the night shift for Atlantis 1 begins, probably about 9, 10 p.m., uh, various chimes and bells and uh, music tracks switch over. The city's large overhead light system uh, fades down, and the street lights and uh, shop lights start flickering on. And you guys, at about the same time, uh, your heart kicks in and lurches you guys to being alive. Well, All is a blood point. Well, I think we first have to roll for blood points. No, just start with how many blood points you want. Subtract one. I don't care. We're moving on. Do you need a pencil, Kevin? Uh, yes, please, actually. Oh. oh, Kevin. You pretended to throw it at him, and then you did. <laughs> so yes, with a shudder and horrific reverse heart attack, you uh, come out of your death sleep. Uh, Nicole, where do you sleep? Quote, unquote. During the day. Probably still in my apartment. Yeah, okay. Or you have an apartment. apartment? Is yeah. it just you? In my cat. Okay. Well, you wake up out of your bed, you being dead in your bed, and being a crime scene waiting for someone to stumble in on if they ever snuck into your room. You open your door, your cat hisses and freaks out at you and scrambles away. It's been doing that a lot. That's sad. Oh no, wait, downside! Oh, I actually have two cats, I forgot. While that other one is also doing the same thing. No, what have we seen? Spitting up a storm, it looks like a ball of soot. <laughs> it's so angry. Just feed it blood, make it a ghoul. I was literally just thinking that. Being a, said it, so. being a vampire has consequences. <laughs> I love you, kitty. <laughs> Bring my blood. Yeah, kitty, kitty, kitty. <laughs> the cat, they're, they're, they're stealing. Walking down the aisle, like your wrist bleeding. Trying <laughs> to catch it before like, your neighbors pop their head. <laughs> I mean, just don't feed them for a week and they'll eat you, you know, willingly. Oh my god. <laughs> they're just drinking your blood. They're the real Eartha Kits. <laughs> Eartha Kittens. <laughs> anyway, you're up. Your calendar that your sire gave you, which is like an Atlantis One Power Consortium Global Energy Lifestyle Calendar, uh, which he put into your apartment, uh, has today and every other end of the month marked off as you need to show up for Elysium. But like he wrote that on like a little note in there. Okay. When during the day, night? <laughs> Probably midnight. Okay. All the other vampires, you know, get up much earlier than you do. That sucks. They're up at like 4 or 5 p.m. You're a hippie, you sleep in. <laughs> so it doesn't bother them that much to have to stop whatever they're doing to do something at midnight. <coughs> you, though, precious hours. <laughs> <coughs> Alright, um... Alright, Kaiser. Alright. Heart, reverse heart attack, you lose a blood point. You're alive! What, uh, where are you? Where do you sleep? Where do you hide your uh, fucking walking crime scene corpse body? I also sleep in uh, my apartment in a basement. Is that the one that Rebecca has for you? Oh, no, this is when he was in when he moved in here. He doesn't live with his family? No, no. After, uh, that lasted like a month, and then he moved into his own place. <coughs> so, yeah, same apartment, though. Just, yeah. 
basement. Okay. Uh, yeah, he's moved the uh, the fridge in front of the door when it rains. Smart. So yeah. Still the apartment. It's like a two bedroom or two room kind of thing. Very crowded. Very eighties. Lava lamps. That's Actually, not 80s, yeah. but why not? <laughs> Actually, yeah, probably lava lamps. Suspended fire and water. <clears throat> a lot of posters of, you know, 80s movies, The Thing is just everywhere. You saw Rebecca furnish this place when you were asleep, because you sleep much later than she does, so she added a lot of those lava lamps in. That's okay. Probably gave her the key to my apartment, so... Come by any day. And yeah, you also have one of those very generic lifestyle, health, take pills, you need your uh, sunlight pills, calendars, telling you that today's the day to go to the thing. Okay. Do you also still have a cat that's freaking out? I do. I don't know if it's freaking out. Ventro have animalism, don't they? They're using animalism on it to just destroy its animal instinct? They don't have animalism, no. Or animal handling, so she's probably... <laughs> <laughs> running upstairs, hiding the small space possible, vibrating in rage. I probably, after realizing that, that she's going to be freaking out all the time, I probably need to let my parents take care of her for a while. It's like, this is not very good for my Take care, she's sick self for some reason. A little Caesar salad, getting an animal, not being able to take care of it, making us pick up the bill. <laughs> that is exactly what they would call Jokes on them, I'm fucking immortal. <laughs> <laughs> Jokes on them, their son is dead. I live in his skin. Uh, so yeah, it's what time? It's like nine PM. Eight or nine. Nine PM, okay. Yeah, I guess I'm just gonna prepare. Uh, move that fridge out of the way. Alright. Fyodor. Oh, Fyodor lives in a nice, spacious apartment, somewhere in the promenade, the district that he held. Uh, he architected himself. An architect's loft. Yep. He architected himself. So, you so you're in the Rand district. Yep. And Rand, she had a boner for architects. It's this whole thing, cool. Anyway, <laughs> a nice, spacious loft in the Rand district. Yep. Worthy of your resources, like, five? No, I think I have three of this. Incarnation of my character. Fair amount. Yeah. I also have resources three just to point out. Oh, I have resources two. Aha! Uh -huh. well, not poor. Hooray for poverty! Yay for Invictus! Poverty is. Without poverty, how would you know you're rich? <laughs> <laughs> Good, lives by himself, as he always was. No animals or anything, so. Nothing to freak out. And yeah. You don't have a calendar? You're. Sire told you how Elysium works and where to go. Yeah. And has introduced you to some of the vampires in the Invictus. Yeah. I guess I take my little notebook to take you know, important notes of what's going on. Because I still need to learn so much. And, you know, take my little moped and mosey on over. Oh, yeah, you have a little moped. Alright. So, yeah, it's a night like any other. It's Halloween night. So people are dressed up in costumes and running around being jackasses. A lot of the stores are staying open later. A lot of the clubs are, are, are like doing like a fa like some of them are doing family nights and stuff for the Halloween and the trick or treaters. Uh, a lot of Ghostbusters, a lot of Gremlins. <laughs> if I wasn't so new and it wasn't Elysium, I would totally want to dress as a vampire. But I mean, I have to look respectable today. <laughs> so, gauche. so, first part of the night before Elysium, the All Night Society. 
You guys need to feed, probably. How are you going to tackle that? On the night where everyone looks like a monster and is totally exposing themselves for candy and money. Not exposing in the gross way that puts you on a list. And that they're leaving themselves vulnerable to be kidnapped. I go to the uh, pavilion near my apartment where there's like a lot, kind of a mini mall. I assume they probably have some kind of event going on, you know. The mini malls are everywhere. It's the 80s. There's also arcades a lot over the place. And laundromats. Yeah, I go near a bar near one of those and wait for someone to kind of stagger out. Someone does stagger out. It's a guy. And there's another guy with him. And a chick. And they have a dog. Hmm. Tricky. <laughs> the dog is dressed up as a bumblebee. It's a German Shepherd. There, there it is. Filthy. <laughs> the dude is dressed up as Macho Man Randy Savage. The other dude is dressed up as Mankind from WWE. And the woman is dressed up as Jem from Jem and the Holograms. But a sluttier version. Jesus. <laughs> 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 oh. Ah. 80s. A group, though. That's trickier. <laughs> You have to settle for someone a little less protected. And there's a dude dressed like Charlie Chaplin who's stumbling around outside the back. He's dressed like Hitler. He's asking for us. <laughs> no, there's a difference. He's yelling at probably the person who kicked him out of the bar. <laughs> it's the 80s. Everyone knows who Charlie Chaplin is. That was just a fact. <laughs> so yeah, I'm going to like brush past him and just kind of drop my arm over his shoulders try to guide him. Kind of elsewhere. It's like, hey, buddy, I can get you in the back. Don't worry. He doesn't say anything because he's doing a chart. Because he even has like white and like black paint on him to make it look like he's in black and white. And he's like pointing at you, cockeyed, and stumbling along. He has the cane. He's twirling. Yeah, man. Just don't you worry. Back alley access. Egon Spangler, but a big jack dude walks by. Don't dress like Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> just, just don't. Don't. PSA. <laughs> what the fuck, man? So yeah, the moment I'm out of sight, I'm just gonna... I'm just gonna not drain this guy, obviously, but uh, have right. a drink. Let me... Okay, this guy is drunk and vulnerable, and you take advantage of him. Yep. Your fangs pop out into his neck, and he is being blood-drained. So, first turn. No one's paying attention. Here you go. I mean, there's more in him, though. No one's paying attention right now. I'm handing Kevin beads, by the way, to represent blood points. No one's paying attention. Yeah, that Egon guy's getting into a fist fight with the dude with the bumblebee dog. Macho Man Randy Savage. Maybe one more. Yeah, okay, here you go. How's this guy looking? He's looking pretty good. He's pretty happy. Oh, man, his blood is like, uh, it's spiked with booze. Looks like he's been drinking grain alcohol all night. So it has a nice, you know, kind of battery acidy feel, like when you, uh, like when you put iodine on a cut and it burns good. You haven't re remembered that for a long, long time. I mean, it's One Halloween. More. It's basically <laughs> Vampire Christmas. That's what your sire called it. <laughs> Boop. How many blood do a human have? All right. Uh, yeah, you're still going. Oh, and now you've hit the tropical drinks: blue curacao and red sourpuss, mixed in with, mixed in with. Human blood, the life essence, pumping through your veins, making you strong and alive again. Oh, fuck, man, that's not fair. You're such a drug addict. 
It's like doing heroin, but we're all white and don't know what that is. <laughs> what does being white have to do with it? White bread. Like Ian White. Not white as in our race. Uh, like it, I'm going to shove him hard into the uh, back door of the uh, bar Just in there. No. Alright. Uh, Alright. Uh, you instinctively lick his neck and seal up the wound. I'm so that's a thing. And, uh, yeah, there you go. You got three Vitae out of him. There you go, buddy. Inside. Oh, he cl- he crumbles. He has the drained condition. Uh-huh. Shit. <laughs> uh, back and mark them on your character sheet. <laughs> so, uh, I'm gonna take a piece of, like, folded cardboard from behind the dumpster and just kind of lay it over him. There you go. There. You, you, uh. Charlie Champlin truly is a tramp. I'm gonna take his wallet. There you go. Oh my god. Let me pause. So, Kevin, in one fell swoop, completed two short-term aspirations. Let's talk about what just happened. So vampires are vampires, listeners, and you should already know this. They drink blood to survive. So what was happening was, when no one was paying attention, Kevin was draining this asshole of his blood, and I was giving him little beads to represent it, and, you know, egging him on to take more. Uh, That adds to his blood pool. Him doing creepy antichrist vampire stuff drains his blood pool. Waking up drains his blood pool. Um, so now that he's done, he has blood, and that guy's passed out, because when you drink from someone, it feels good, and this guy also just lost a lot of blood. So there's this guy right for dressing as Hitler. Yeah. <laughs> so in this game, you have what are called Aspirations. It's how you get XP. In Chronicles of Darkness and Vampire the Requiem 2nd Edition, the Strix Chronicles, um, you gain XP not solely through the GM, but through doing stuff. So... You have aspirations, like Kevin's are perform a robbery and acquire wealth. You just did both. So you get two beats. Add them on your character sheet. And those beats, when you get five, turn to an XP point. And all the experience in this game is flat. It's not like, you know, attribute times something. It's just a flat number. So as long as you fulfill your aspirations, you ratchet up how much you can uh, gain XP and level up your character. I'm just going to delete those off your short-term sheet. You've got to think of two more short-term aspirations. Awesome. I don't know if it has to be for this session or next session, because I don't know how the system works quite yet. If you've listened to the intro that definitely exists, listeners, you know that we're using this as a test bed to learn all of the Chronicles of Darkness systems for 2nd Edition Revised. Now, and we're back. So yes, Charlie Chaplin hits the ground. And you cover up with garbage, and you leave to continue on your merry way. We're going to look up how aspirations work a little more uh, in between sessions, listeners, so if this sounds wrong, meh, we're learning. Uh, that's it, that's it for your feeding? Yeah, yeah, I think that's enough for, uh, when I put any into this one victim of night kind of thing. Okay, so, we'll switch over to Leo. Leo the Unprofessional. There's a movie called Leon the Professional. Yep. <laughs> it was made by Luc Besson. Creator of the fifth element. Okay. So, yeah, you're in your cat woman apartment. And it's feeding time. Do you drink from your cats? Weaken them so they're not so mad at you? No. <laughs> Plus, I think, like, kitties only have, like, one blood in it. Couple. I'm not going to kill my fucking cats. I'm Don't kill them. They'll just get really sleepy. <laughs> you can take photos of them and they won't exist. <laughs> oh, okay. That's horrible. Plus, I wouldn't actually, if they only have two blood, 
I'd only be able to get one blood from them, and it would kill them. <laughs> I mean, what could you cut? You don't know how many blood they have. This isn't a numbers game. It's a tiny little kitty! Send you a vine, just sneaks into your room every night to replace your oh cat with ones that are alive. <laughs> Reanimator? Cat dead in fridge? How are you going to feed, Nicole? I'm going to go out where there are a bunch of Halloween! Halloween. Being stupid. How um, old are you assholes again? I'm like late 20s. 20. 40. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm going to go up to like teenagers or something sitting on your door steps. Your stoops? Yeah, that's the word I was looking for. If stoops. Yeah, they exist. Okay, fucking Atlantis one is some future society where stoops to houses don't exist. Alright. Uh, there are... Like, not like... Not like good-looking kids. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean attractive. I mean, I don't mean attractive. I mean... Everybody's a mass. Shitty-looking kids. Yeah, kids that look like they are going to accept the drugs I'm about to offer them. <laughs> okay, perfect. Uh, there are four outcast youths Dressed up like the Beastie Boys, uh, hanging on a stoop with their crappy costumes and terrible lives. <laughs> Punish them for their terrible taste of everything. <laughs> Steppers at the party disrupt oh, the whole so scene. Awkward. One of them is wearing sweatpants. Oh. <laughs> you wanted garbage, Nicole. Kids from the 80s want to be abused. Some of them don't even speak English. I'm gonna go to like a club. <laughs> you change your mind. Alright, you go to a club. <laughs> the club is named JC Leggings. What the fuck? It's built of an old JC Pennies. It's the Canada sense. Dome. Alright. Everyone is wearing leggings. Makes sense. Makes sense. Even the mannequins, of which there are many. Creepy. Creepy. There's club music playing. It's loud music. It's probably a mix of jazz and ska. The music that was popular in the 80s. Sure. That's what was popular in the 80s. Um, a dude with Venetian blinds glasses wearing... A series of top hats, one after another, that look like the Dr. Seuss hat. They've been taped together to be really tall on his head, walk up to you. He has a pacifier in his mouth. His shirt has a face of his face on it. So he obviously wants drugs. He has a pacifier. He's dancing. He's looking at you. The 80s are the worst, Evan. <laughs> this Everyone's is authentic. Just so garbage. Alright, I'll, uh... Can I have obfuscate on? It sounds like you were saying, can I have autism? It's like, wow, Nicole. <laughs> Inappropriate. What the fuck? I was going to say auspex. I meant um, obfuscate. Yeah. What kind of obfuscate one. do you have? I only have the first level. Basically, Which does? Uh, makes people not notice me unless I do something crazy. All right. There's no roll or anything. There isn't? No. Cool. Go obfuscate. 
Alright, Senpai, nobody notices you. <laughs> Alright, so I'm going to go up to that person, I guess. His own face on his own t-shirt? Yes. Uh, I'm going to take the little, like, scalpel I have. I'm just going to, like, nick his arm. <laughs> so I think they notice you now. Okay, c continue with this I've plan. I've been warned, Devin. I specifically am sired by the guy called down to Atlantis 1 to investigate. <laughs> you're going to test him first before you buy them? Yes! <laughs> It's gonna take like weeks. That's not gonna take anything. I'm a vampire. <laughs> all right, all right. You fucking stab him like Just like, a, like a Glasgow hooligan in present day <coughs> Glasgow. I don't like stab him. I cut him a little bit, but I do it. Are you using a scalpel? Are you using like a coke nail? Oh yeah. I, I, that's why I said I didn't need weapons because like I'm a vampire. I just have sharp fingers. All right, so you grab his arm and you're dancing to the jazz ska, and you slice up his arm with your coke nail. Yeah. I'm just gonna, like, keep walking, so, like, he's gonna be like, what the fuck? He doesn't care. He's dancing. He's right? happy. He's high on life. So, uh... All right, how does that work? <laughs> it's like a power you have? Oh, yeah. Cool. I've got the power! Ooh, ooh. Um, so it's called... Okay. What I'm going to do, be doing is doing a taste of blood roll, which lets you basically sense uh, diseases, poisons that they're, that's in their systems, stuff like that, uh, presence of any drugs in their system, that kind of stuff, right? Okay. I have powers to augment this because I wanted those merits. So I just need to look up what I need to roll for this. All right, let me pause. Okay, so Nicole is using Taste of the Blood. It's a Wits Plus Composure roll. She also has Bloodhound and Distinguished Palette. Bloodhound lets her just smell the blood. Distinguished Palette makes any single success uh, an exceptional success. So she's going to roll six dice. Yes, uh, so yeah, it's Wits Plus Composure. I have three of each. I literally got no successes. Were any of them a one? Three of them were ones. Um... Uh, I think you can opt to have it an exceptional failure. He already got. She already got an exceptional failure. No, uh, in this in second edition, you don't get the uh, exceptional failures by default. You just get failures, and you opt to make it a dramatic failure. I was almost certain in this system, if you have no successes and a one, it's an exceptional failure. All right, let's pause. All right, and we're back. All right, we were both a little wrong. Uh, so you get a dramatic failure by getting a chance die. A chance die is when, you're, is when your dice pool is so low, you get one free die, and through all that, it's a big fuck-up. But you just got a regular failure. You can choose to gain XP to make a dramatic failure. I just lie to you. Actually, dramatic failures means you give me true, two true things in one dangerous lie. That's right. Uh, but the dangerous lie is very dangerous. That's right. What she took heard. My character is actually quite afraid of that. Gained the hit and being thrown into a coffin at the bottom of the ocean forever. Plus, also that means that like forever for the rest of her life, which is forever. So. I mean, how long can it survive in a death corpse? It's a pretty big problem in the last one. I'm pretty worried about that. It's a pretty big problem in the eighties. Hmm. The crowd was trying to deal with this in L.A. Alright, I'm going to pause while you deliberate. 
Okay, Nicole, if you come to your decision about your failure or dramatic failure for free XP, with no sonic consequences? Well, I mean, I can take a dramatic failure, but... My character would know it was a dramatic failure, so she might believe the lie. That's right, she would believe the lie. Or are we moving on? We're moving on. Alright, so where do you want to go? I'm just going to go, like, McDonald's. Atlantis Burger. Atlantis Burger. Uh, the Atlantis Burger good. looks especially like a McDonald's, and especially has a lot of McDonald's fine print on all the posters. That's amazing. So um, it's a giant. It's a nice building, kind of built into one of the uh, the superstructure walls. <coughs> it has a stylized golden A on it, almost like the McDonald's sign. Was they just they just sent down an A instead of the rest of the whole sign? Uh, there's arches that are the arches of Atlantis. You know the far gates and stuff. Um, the windows look like portholes and have treasure in them. There are fish tanks lining the interior wall. The fish tanks have a black light on them because these are tropical deep sea fish that give off lumine bioluminescence, like some of those like lantern fish and stuff, and jellyfish. Uh, and the floor itself is also an aquarium. <coughs> How long may I take you over there? It's so uh, claustrophobic. Not claustrophobic, but like alarming to just think of being that far in the ocean. There's like a groaning sound as you're walking in as they play the sound effect of metal creaking under the water. What the fuck, McDonald's? Atlant Atlantis Burger. Oh my god. Fish Friday every day. There is a woman behind the counter. She doesn't look upset or particularly happy. She's just at work on Halloween. She is dressed up with kitty makeup on her face. Her hair is curly and up in a little fro with ears <coughs> in them like Josie and the Pussycats. Amazing. Uh, I'm going to always be obfuscated. Like a true Maketter Nosferatu. <laughs> uh, Ariel Lemayne is in the corner reading a book. You notice as you because uh, you have aspects and she has obfuscate, and you have obfuscate and she has aspects. It's an internal standoff. <laughs> uh, I'm going to walk behind the counter. <laughs> okay. I'm going to cut her. I'm doing this to every single person I feed from, unless I know them. No, it's not that obvious. You're not, like, already attacking someone, so... All right, you nick her as she's moving by, like, the register, because the register has sharp 80s corners. She's like, ah! Ah, Bill! I have to go get the medical kit. Excellent. All right, she goes into the back room. I'm going to make a die roll. Do it! I got two successes. So I got an exceptional success. An exceptional success tells you... Okay, so she's not from a ghoul, she's not from a vampire clan, she has no blood infections, she recently ate a salad, not from here, but from across the little salad place across the street. Healthy choices. Mm -hmm. It had fish in it and uh, insects. It's just a thing they sell. It's funny, you're like, fish, and I'm like, ugh, and you're insects, I'm like, whatever. Like <laughs> crickets. They raise yeah. crickets over there. Like the fish grosses me out. The insects don't. <laughs> Some causes of death. Nah, she's fine. And... She has... Her blood's basically average. Not pregnant? <laughs> Not pregnant, no hips. <laughs> okay. I mean, the pregnant wasn't really important, but that's probably a detail you could figure out. I mean... I mean, yeah, you would from yeah, this. This right? would tell you that. You got an exceptional success. Right? So yeah, I'm going to follow her while she's getting the med kit. Oh, I have to drug her first. Oh, <laughs> she's gonna get fired. Why would you have to drug her first? 
Well, I mean, I don't have to, but I'll have to take more blood then. Why? Because having distinguished palate means you have to pick a favorite vessel. And you don't get the first dot of blood from them when you drink from one when you're not that people. Oh my oh god. god. Yeah. What kind of drugs does it have to be? Does that be something like Paris. or could you just be like caffeine? Drugs It has to be something I've grown. And I only really grow weed or mushrooms. You can't just like horse meat or parsley. I probably could, but I kind of specifically chose... Um, An apple. God's alcohol. I kind of specifically chose it to be drugs that I've grown. Um, drugs with a capital, winners don't do them. Because... It's like a thing where, like, I'm feeding them and they're feeding me, kind of thing. So next time, put drugs on the, on the, whatever you're cutting them with, therefore you can ingest them. them. It says people who've ingested drugs she's grown. Not, not fucking stab them in the neck like Dexter's dad. I mean, no one's going to notice a bit of THC, probably. Seems pretty clear that the drugs have to be in the system for you to get in the blood. Eat this, and now wait half an hour. You realize your mistake <laughs> at your existence. Might have to report that. Just so go brownies around. Right. No one will, re no one will be able to resist these. Give her some brownies. Come back in an hour. Leo goes hungry tonight. I mean, I can totally do that, but I don't think she'll just eat random brownies she finds. If she has a drink, a drink of the counter or something like that, like crush up brownies into them. Yeah, or like a bottle or something like that, and just drop. Does she? Uh, yeah, she has a water bottle. So, I mean, you can also walk in and feed her brownies off the street by being a person who's social. I didn't become a I didn't become a vampire to interact with people. You really should have made like brownies with like orange sprinkles on it. Like That's Halloween why I make it's like what kind of brownies are these? Booberry. It's like no really. That's why I do the naked so they have to socialize with people. Yeah. You sit in the car now and you're mysterious and broody. What are you gonna do? <coughs> what are you gonna do? Just attack Ariel and drink her. I mean, I totally could. Just Vampire like... Vite! You're the best Vite around. I didn't plan this out in character. So like, I can't just like go back to my house and bake brownies. So I, I mean, mean, you could. They only take less than an hour to make. I think I'm going to like. You have a mark. I think I'm. Fair enough. I do know that she doesn't have anything wrong tonight. It just exactly. keeps cutting. She so go home and have out of marital sex and get the hip. <laughs> she can get it from a toilet seat, Nicole. Just Leo like at the supermarket picking up brownie man, <laughs> making it at home. So I was like, "What are you doing?" She's like, "I've lost control of my life." <laughs> oh, the Chronicles of Darkness. Chronicles right. of Darkness. Um, picking brownies. What was her name? Did you ask her? No, but she's talking to someone. Her name tag says Jasmine on it. Excellent. Jasmine. Judging by the time of night, she's probably working graveyard her shift, she'll still be yeah, her shift just started. Okay. Alright, yeah. Uh, I can either She's doing the 9 to 5, 9 a.m. to 5 a.m. 9 p.m. to 5 a.m. I mean, I could just, like, put in some cut up, dried up, like, mushrooms in her drink, but if it's a water bottle, she'll see it. If it's, like, a McDonald's, if it's an Atlantis Burger Cup, she wouldn't notice. But that's a much more... Noticeable drug. <coughs> I want. 
Bill is behind the counter right now. Bill looks like a large... Bill is drugging her drink. Oh, fuck! Bill is a large coffee machine with a smiley face on it that has a speaker built into it and a microphone. <laughs> Suncasters. I'm gonna leave because I just it just occurred to me that security. Carrie isn't in her corner anymore. It just occurred to me that security cameras uh, still record me, so I'm not going to drug her drink. They they you're, you're a vampire. You know enough to not be in the middle of the cameras. Your beast turns away. Yeah, the beast knows where to stand. So you're a serial killer, and just out of frame. I'm gonna leave. <laughs> you could just take two dogs with blood. Yeah. I think I'm just uh, gonna do that. You're just gonna drink her? Yeah, and then plan better next time. <laughs> <laughs> At least then you'll have a Alright, you sneak up behind her when she's in the staff room and bite into her neck. She immediately falls kind of into your arms as you're drinking from her because it's pleasurable. Alright, so you drain some blood from her, but you don't get this bead because it doesn't count because you have a distinguished palate, sucker. So that's one. I'm going to take another. The med kit falls on the ground as you're drinking from her, discarded, making a small clattering sound that nobody hears. Because it's her and Bill. <laughs> That's dangerous. Especially on a Halloween night. There should be at least two employees here at all times. There are. Alright, you're going to take a second bit of blood from her? Yes. There's number two. It. Oh, you dropped it. Oh no, it's It feels great, but there was a lot of stuff that went into this, and the trick is, you know, if you have to do this again for the next one, it might be a little while before you get more blood out of her. So, you know, might as well just take a little bit more now. Else you have to do this whole song and dance tomorrow again. You feel just as full as you did last night. You haven't really gained anything. Wait, were you at nine? Now I am at nine. But when I... Now when I drink from her, I'll be at 10. Oh, then you're full. I can't even fucking egg you on, you're full. Get fucked. <coughs> you're at 10 blood. You can't fill up over the limit. You just pick it up. Something happens. Oh. You don't digest it or something. I don't think it's like... Anyway, so that's over her stamina, because she's an average person with stamina 2. <coughs> so she just kind of like sits down on the bench after you sneak away... And kind of puts her head in her hands, kind of sleepy-like. She got woozy because she cut herself, and she got woozy at the sight of her blood. That's what you write on the incident report? <laughs> <laughs> you should uh, flip the clothes on around. <laughs> it's open! Uh, I mean, Bill's here. Bill's at the <laughs> counter. She's in the staff room. <laughs> when you get out, Ariel is no longer there. For the listeners, Ariel Lemayne is another vampire in Atlantis 1. She is in her late teens, early 20s. She's a thin, small woman uh, with kind of unevenly dyed hair. It's, I think, pink or green. Green. It's like an oceanic green. Does she wear lots of hyper color? Um, kind of, but not like really bright. Like she wears like bright top and jeans. Carries books with her. Doesn't say a lot. Yeah, she isn't there when you come out. Good. Or maybe she is there and you can't see her. I mean, I don't have awesome stats that so... Maybe she's going to go in there and kill her and blame it on you. Maybe <laughs> she drinks everyone you drink from, because she knows you only drink from people who don't have to hit. Ooh. I mean, smart, but also, like... It's the dentist system. I already drank from them, so... 
she's probably killing a lot of people. I'm also going to not assume that that's the case. She probably just watched me. You're Dennis, and she's Mac. A little bit. She moves in after completion. Jesus fucking Christ. What? Just everything about that. Everything about that. <coughs> you got blood! Yay! You got blood! Can I just like, carry a syringe of like, drugs with me now? <laughs> You're a serial rapist! <laughs> I'm Martin. Vampire. You're Martin. <laughs> You're George Romero's Martin. Hi. Theodore. Yep. Well. You uh, sit in your cold, sterile, self-made man and Randian apartment, staring down on the little people who would try to loot you of your hard-earned accomplishments in life. Damn those people. <laughs> okay, I'm pretty sure he's a communist, Evan. They're like, welfare. the exact opposite of what <laughs> you're Their welfare right and their socialism robbing you of all the accomplishments of true, strong, independent men. Like, the exact opposite of that. <laughs> well, he comes from, like, a communist country, but then again, he's in the victims. Also, it's the 80s, and Russia found out just how wrong communism was and how awesome capitalism was. I mean, okay, when I read his character chart, it was like, I'm a communist. <laughs> period. End of sentence. <laughs> <laughs> These thoughts may or may not float into your vampiric cerebral architect brain. There they are, ants. Scurrying from arcade to JC Penney's. Consuming and contributing nothing to society. Well, see, there's communism. Sorry, sorry, to uh, flip back a bit. See how I'm in the staff room, kind of like. Rob look, at, look at like the uh, schedule or something and like find her phone number. Yeah, sure. You can also just photocopy some of the schedule. Bob is a photocopy. Bill is a photocopier. <laughs> I mean, I guess I'll do that. <laughs> I just don't want to like be caught on camera, obviously having like knocked out a lady in the back room. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, you can go to the camera room and just take the VHS. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, architect. <coughs> okay, so I guess I'm going to go to my hunting grounds or whatever my father told me that I should be hunting. And, you know, taking my mother, I guess I can give some poor worker schmuck a lift a bit and, you know, what can we getting in? Like, oh, there's a dude in overalls coming home from the geo plant. Yeah. Where are you heading? Um, casino. Oh, I'll give you a bit of a lift. Sure thing. He yeah. sits down. He's in overalls and is covered in grease. Well, I guess I'll lean over to uh, fasten his seatbelts and bite on him discreetly. Yep, sure. Alright. Jesus Christ, no foreplay. <laughs> I missed that. How'd you find this guy? You picked him up in his little Vespa. Like, he has a little golf He's cart. Like, oh, hey, want to ride? Yeah. Oh, wow. That I was mean, fast. There aren't that many cars around, so hey. He's a little tiny, like there aren't cars in the last one. He's a little golf cart personal, you know, zzzz. I mean, it's there, are, there are cars, but there is yeah. public transport. But yeah. yeah. Alright, boop, first blood point. You crack him open like a juice box. His blood tastes like oil and hard work. The sweat of a man's brow. Someone who pulled themselves up by their bootstraps. Looks big and bulky, I guess, right? Yeah. Well, okay, so I guess I'll go for the second point. <laughs> there you go. Look at that. He could probably you could probably take much more of them. He's like a bull or some sort of Neolithic early man, swinging a hammer, crushing rocks, and moving the engines of industry with a sledge. 
Like Lenin himself made a golem of industry. Um, <laughs> this guy's like five five. <laughs> uh, well, I'm full now, so. Oh, you're full. Fuck. Okay. Yeah. Fuck you. People. So I give him a bit of a lift and let him on his merry way. All right, you're full. You're good. Well, can I help someone? I my aspiration. You did help him by picking him up and severely limiting his ability to deal with gambling tonight. I think she doesn't have to walk. Fine, I will give you help someone short term. That is a beat. Alright, feeding scenes are over, listeners. That was a nice little 45, 50 minutes. Alright, the first night cycle ends. Midnight's crawling on up, and you guys have to make an appearance at the Iron. Nestled in the Promenade Dome in one of the more foundational parts of the city, by one of the larger kind of arches and uh, pillars, is a seedy little bar with railway spikes for door handles and barred windows and signs saying that certain types of people aren't allowed in here. What types of people? Certain types. Is that literally what it says? It says freaks. Oh, There's no. a picture of a butterfly being like stabbed onto a wood board. Oh no, we can't come in. We are freaks. So you guys have never been to the iron before. No. Alright. Not even once. You have to get to the iron for around midnight. It's like eleven o'clock. I can say you're all at the various promenade zone checkpoints, having gone through customs if you had to go through customs. I reckon two out of three of us probably would have had to maybe just sneak through. I mean, he lives in the promenade zone. Oh, I I also live in the promenade zone. Aren't we all uh, I assume you lived in the Russian zone, so I'm surprised you did I'm a citizen of the Canadian one, so yeah. I'm an Atlantis one citizen. I didn't You skip the lines. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just hopped on the uh, public transport to the promenade zone. Yeah, you go through border uh, gate. <laughs> Good stuff. Feel like any drugs or alcohol tonight? No, sir. The guy saying this, by the way, is a dude in uh, black slacks and black sh- uh, long sleeve shirt, kind of like the kind of uh, shirts cops wear, mm-hmm. but they're not distinguished with markings of a law enforcement agency. And he said he has a Kevlar vest that isn't for bullets so much as a stab-proof vest. And has a picture of a shark skull with a harpoon going through the top of it as a badge on on the front and the shoulder uh, bits. They're part of the they're part of the uh, the security force. It's a private it's a PMC, a private military contractor. Yeah. All right, he pats you down, buzzes you through. Yeah, didn't have any weapons on me. So. It's for the best. Stop resisting. So yeah, and then I'll just catch another transport from there to, uh, probably got a map with me. <coughs> Alrighty. So, let's see how well you guys can navigate the city and the dice rolling. Oh, pause no. real quick. And we're back. So, do you guys all plan how you're going to get to Elysium? Yep. Yes. Yep. Alright, Peter. Um, so, I guess ahead of time, I try looking up the iron some mainframe the city might have, of like all the locations, whatever you have, registrar. Did you just look up the address? Yeah. And like you got a city map? Yeah. 
You're just gonna follow the city map. Yep. Do you have anything for navigation? Well, um, close enough. I can use my cacophony savvy merit to figure out all the vampire messages that are hidden everywhere that discern what's going on. It's just hard to find because the city's a little bit. Uh, Plus, it's a hole in the wall, done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's not. It's not so much that it's magically hidden. It's just. Yep. Like if you look up a map and how to get there and stuff, it's just it's just you're going to be making a skill roll on. Um, I don't know. Let's look at that guy. Who you are, Theodore. Three lines. Yes, with wits. With wits is perception usually. That seems fair. Let's <laughs> roll. No successes. I guess I'm going to spend my willpower? Um, you also probably use investigation. Like I, I think this is a mental skill more than a social skill. Okay. Six down. One success. Easy enough. Okay. Takes you like 15, 20 minutes to properly kind of loop your way around the promenade dome and find the main transit hub for it. Yep. But uh, yeah, built into next to a girder is like an old little establishment. It looks kind of like... Uh, like a bunch of stone fire bricks that have like little like crenellations on top of it. That used to be like the, the foot of a bridge or something. Okay. When it was a barred, the door is big and heavy. It looks like it might have been an old meatpacking door. And the handle itself is a long, twisted bit of cold forged iron. Uh, covered in salt and weird symbols are like etched into like the, the grooves of it. Where, you know, kind of like how, is a, how a drill has those grooves going into it. Mm-hmm. Well, in those there's like symbols carved in. I guess I investigate what's going on with you. Oh, yeah. Roll into the cult. Okay. Oh, nothing. It's weird. It's just weird stuff. At the moment, you know, it's off-putting. Maybe if you came back with more info. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Kevin. I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask around. All right. Well, it's Halloween. People are partying. Uh, people are coming out of bars. Uh, there, o- over there, is. Let me pause. I just want to check something. There is a girl. Uh, she is Japanese. She's probably in her late teens. She's dressed up as Sarah Connor. There is a dude. Um, he looks like he's from, I don't know, South America. He's dressed up as Kyle Reese. And behind them is a large man, woman in a leather biker suit that's all black with a helmet on that has a tinted visor and they're kind of just staring straight ahead and uh i don't know roll perception some sort of perception stat Um. yeah wits wits plus just plain wit just wits just a wits roll all right Sorry, my tablet's being. That's fine. Oh, okay, so he rolled dice and he rolled a 10, so now you re-roll the 10. Just one success. Okay, one success is fine. The person in the biker suit in the black leather is not breathing. And they're just standing straight up, staring straight ahead. Uh, moving their head kind of like an eagle or an owl moves it, like very smooth, unnatural motions. But like the other two are posing with them with like a uh, like one of those developer cameras and taking pictures. 
I'm going to wait for those two to bugger off. Or maybe kind of give them a look to chase them all. Yeah, okay. They, they, they move on. Yeah, okay. Can I tell if this thing is a vampire or a... Vampires can tell when other vampires are nearby by touching or just being in their presence. Okay, so I can tell? It's not a vampire. Oh, shit. <laughs> uh, as you're approaching, it smoothly moves its head. You can't see any skin. Like, there's like a turtleneck underneath the leather and stuff. It smoothly moves and locks the helmeted gaze on you and starts tracking you as you move. <clears throat> I kind of throw my chest out a bit. Oh, sorry, I thought there was someone else. Uh, there's a place called the Iron. Staring dead ahead at you. Uh, see. I'm going to pull up my map. The Iron, you know where it is on the map? It's going to reach forward towards you. Gloved hand that has metal inserts, and you can see little, uh, like almost battery contacts on the fingers. I'm going to kind of lean back. <laughs> he has taser gloves. It, uh, it's going to grab your map. Oh, yeah. It uh, opens the map up. Very smooth, mechanical, unnatural motions. Like, like it's moving in both its limbs, kind of doing two different things at the same time. Like, real coordinated. And it just puts its finger and traces from where you are to where you have to go, and it leaves a burn mark on the map. Shit, thanks, man. going to offer it a thumbs up and just kind of back off in that direction. It does not break gaze with you until you round the corner. Awesome. And yeah, I'm just going to head straight there. Feeling different. Ignoring that. <laughs> okay, you round the corner, and hey, you're in front of the iron. And there's a dude there who's Russian. Russian. <laughs> that you vaguely met before. You guys were all in kindergarten together. Where you knew vampires were put in a room together and given some of the, the standard stuff from uh, like Rebecca and uh, Zelda. Like a scared straight program. <laughs> a kinder, it's German for children, and German is the scariest evil language. Kindergarten. Well, mother, how kind you are, the German should not kinder. Hey, uh, Frito, Fry, what was your name? Right. Caesar, we met before. Yes. Nar found it okay as well. Yeah, I think this is the place. Perfect. Does it say the iron? It doesn't anywhere? say anything on it. Okay, I was actually wondering. Like, this looks like an abandoned warehouse. Right. It's a bar for no one. You're examining those like rooms on the uh, yeah. Outside? Yeah, look at the handle. Can I make a roll for that as well? Sure. Intelligence plus, I'll call it Eastside, or? Yeah. Wits. Six down. You have lots of Okay, so that is an eight, a nine, and two tens. Roll the tens. Roll the tens. So that is. And if you get another five. ten, you keep your rolling tens, by the way. Sevens don't count Seven. successes. So four oh, successes. Yeah. Four successes. That's almost an exceptional. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, with four successes, you can tell it's a constructed language. And it seems super familiar. Like, you've seen this recently. But it's not magic. Just another language? Yeah, it's just another language. Like, there's lots of peaks and right angles to it, and kind of like uh, spikes. Oh my god. 
exactly. Do you want to spend a willpower? Sure, why not? It's Klingon. <laughs> I didn't know that. I, I thought it was going to be Tolkien. I thought it was going to be Elvish, but Klingon's even better. It's Klingon. Uh. <laughs> you just spent a willpower. Oh no, you have so few. Uh, I'm so exhausted by this. The, uh, it does say stuff on the bar, though. Like, a lot of it are meeting times, names of people, uh, habits. It's just someone wrote out, like, a little kind of cheat note on when people usually show up in Klingon. Someone's a trekkie. Huh. Yeah, write that down. Are you going to write down what it says? Yeah. Make some notes. <laughs> Any names I recognize on there? Yeah, people who exist in Atlantis 1. Some vampires that don't come around anymore or aren't really awake anymore. But, uh, yeah, it's just notes. I guess I'll take a piece of paper, wrap it around the handle, and just take a stencil of it. Shit, just copy mine, man. It's just clean. <laughs> Kapla. Oh my god. Michael Iron Man. He's a real piece of shit. <laughs> Those assholes are going to spend an entire willpower on this. <laughs> South Leo. How do you get here? Leo, you're in the Promenade Dome. You have to get to the Iron and meet the vampire uh, playdate place. So after I come up from the back room, from drinking that lady. Drinking her? Jasmine. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to look around for Ariel and like... Use Auspex to see if I can see her. Roll Blood Potency plus Auspex. Which is really low. Mm -hmm. Oh, I got two successes out of three. That's really good. Oh, wait, one was a ten. Roll again. Holy shit. No. So, two successes. Okay. Uh, when you look around the room, she's behind you. Like, you look around, look around, and then you do, like, two full rotations, and she's behind you. She has a water pitcher in her hand and a cup of water, and she's drinking the water and spitting it back out and putting it back in the pitcher. <laughs> Why? She, uh, puts it down and just kind of sits there. Stands there in front of you. I'll wave. She moves back. I don't know where the iron is. She makes that kind of sound, you know, like clicks her tongue or whatever. And, uh, it's an emotion to follow her. Okay. Ariel gets you on the B train. The B train stops at stop seven, and right below stop seven is the I. Excellent. You just have to take every third stop seven. Pardon? If you take every third train to stop seven, it's, it goes to stop seven instead of stop eight A. Drops down. Like she shows it. She shows you the map. She shows okay. you it. On the train is a dude in a motorcycle suit with a helmet on, uh, standing rigidly, not holding on to anything as the train is in motion, keeping perfect equilibrium. You want to do a wits roll? Have I seen it before? Oh shit, you know what these are. Right? <laughs> you know what these are. It moves its head smoothly, uh, like some sort of hydraulic system, and locks eyes with you and goes to sit down on the bench you're on. Yeah, you arrive Those at the Those are shock gloves, right? Oh, oh good, goodness so gracious, yes. Okay. Taser so I'm like, that's what it looks like it is? So... so oh, the, it depends on which one it is. Some yeah. of them have centers. Beautiful. Beautiful. Alright. 
Okay, that other vampire from kindergarten shows on up with Ariel LeMayne. And that thing that was following you, Kaiser. Caesar. Either way. Okay. <laughs> I've heard it both ways. Kaiser's the proper way to say it. So it's just no one's going to pronounce his name like that. Everyone's, Everyone's going to. Exactly. Unless it's your dad calling you Caesar Salad. <laughs> Funny when you die of old age. It's still the same. <laughs> oh, Leo. Oh, hey, Caesar. Uh, fried? It's happening. Ariel kind of walks past you guys, waves, and heads on in. The stormtrooper follows. The iron. It is the interior of the iron is kind of generic. Brown and black stone on the inside. Uh, lacquered wooden like bar furniture, like the, the sturdy stuff that's supposed to last a few uh, owners. Um, an actual bar with stools and drinks lined up at the back. Pictures of celebrities that you wouldn't consider celebrities. Like, you know, the bassist from the Beatles that no one remembers. I only played for two days. That kind of shit. Uh, Worf, stunt double. Michael Dorn, stunt double. Uh, there is a jukebox that is playing nothing. There is a stage for people to do karaoke, but it also has, like, curtains and a piano off the side for, like, what looks like lounge singing. Um, it looks a lot like the Iceberg Lounge from Gotham, actually. Like what I'm describing. Okay. Uh, yeah, this place is packed. There's probably a third of it is like just full of people, like just giving each other space. Um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, fourteen people. Uh, give or take a few other, a few of those um, things in the helmets and the leather. There's about four or five of them. And they just stand around out of uh, out of. Uh, kind of interaction. And yeah, people turn their eyes when you uh, three walk in. Can I keep that in? Shit, sings the armor. The bodyguards or something? People look away and get back to there. There's, there's three main tables, it looks like. And people are just kind of getting back to talking and shooting the shit. So he asked me a question, but I don't know how to answer it. They're things your sire has, and he's let you work on them. They're people on the inside, but they're dead. They're zombies, but they yeah. don't rot or anything, and he's reinforced them. Basically. Like, like Romero zombies? No, I don't tell you that they're zombies. Oh, okay. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I don't know if I'm supposed to tell you that, but you're like, are they bodyguards? I'm like... What's the I German like, word for I like iron? look off a little bit and I'm like, basically. Are those those cool things then? They're not breathing. They're oh, they're not cool. Oh, no. No, they're dead. He calls them Eisenmann. He calls them this word. I probably butcher it. Did uh, either of your tires tell us where we're supposed to sit or anything like that? Uh, it was very clearly class divides among the three uh, gathering areas. One table has people in a variety of suits. 
One table has people in a variety of shabby wear and a diving suit and a cloak that gives off Sith-like energy. And one table has Dracula and a woman with a monster face. (laughs) I feel really underdressed. By the way, you're, you're able to recognize that the majority of these people, except for the bodyguards, are vampires. Oh, and except for the guy behind the counter, who's clearly a living person. Huh. Weird. Do I see Rebecca around? Yeah, she's at the table with all the rich people. Okay, that's where I'm going. So is your sire. Yeah, I'll, I'll go over there. And so is your sire. Oh no. I swear if they make a sit at the kitty table. <laughs> it's like no, here's this uh play school pre preschool colors or something like that. Little crosses and like little blood bags that have juice in them. I mean Leo, you haven't joined the covenant yet. So yeah, uh, I won't describe them all right now. We'll probably we'll probably do one at a time as they do their whole Elysium thing. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's a table full of vampires. Your sire's there. Um, he nods. Um, it looks like your sire, Doctor San Giovanni, and um, your sire, Alexi, are talking, and they're just. They, it looks like they were having a conversation about um, statistics. Like, like, population spreads across Atlantis 1 and, uh, you know, different census information. Okay. Basically, everyone's going to leave you three alone unless you interact with someone uh, until the, the night starts. Well, I don't think Killer will be in a position to interact with anyone unless spoken to, so just quietly stand by us, you know, sire or whatever. It's impossible to drink, right, as a vampire? I think you can drink. you got to spend a blood point for a blush of health. You vomited out later, though. Like, at the table full of shabby homeless people, there is a dude who's pale and has, like, almost Cardassian-style cartilage running up his face to make it look like a vampire bat. Uh-huh. And he has bat ears, and he's wearing 3D glasses. And he is drinking a Long Island tea. It's very long. There's, like, no blood in it or anything. He's just, he's just shotgunning it. I'm actually going to go to the bar for her a drink. Okay. Uh, there is a man behind the bar. He looks like he might be in his late 30s, going on late 50s by the creases on his face and the weathered look in his eyes. Uh, he is wearing a robin's egg blue suit uh, with a white shirt underneath. His left hand is covered in a white, almost rhinestone glove like Michael Jackson. And he is currently um, cutting out letters from a newspaper. Because every every normal person does that. <laughs> He's normal, man. I sent you. That's a note. He's actually yeah. He actually does have a little like a little pot of glue and like a like a letter he's writing. Christ. He writes letters. One billion dollars. Has anyone told me? Anything about the writer guy, Michael Ironman? He, they're like, he runs Elysium. He's not a vampire. He knows about vampires. Uh, he's not just a person. There's something strange about him. Okay, because I'm going to be eagle-eyeing him then. 
Oh wait, zombies exist. Well, you already knew about that. Okay, so I'm like, what? Plus they're vampire constructs. Fair. Those have personalities and stuff. It's just a, it's a oh, whole problem. I did not know yeah. that. Hey, what's up, man? Could I get a uh, blue lagoon? Blue lagoon? Yep. Do you want uh, anything special? He makes air quotes on the side. No, no, no. Just, just a drink. Uh, we're going virgin tonight. Okay. Um, blue lagoon. Let me just one one moment. He goes under the counter and takes out a menu that has like little hearts and Valentine's frills on it. <laughs> And makes a very dramatic blowing the dust off motion and like wiping it with his with his sleeve. Oh. There's pictures of women laughing at salads on the top of it. <laughs> Sangria, be mine, cutie patootie. Blue lagoon. Here we are. Alright, one moment. Staring at him. He may, he butchers the job of being a bartender. Like he spills a bit, and like has to start over at one point. Mixes it. He's not good at being a bartender. He's good at drinking stuff in a bar, but not making it. Uh, but yeah, he makes a drink. It's in like a large kind of almost fishbowl glass, and he's put like crushed uh, sugar on the rim, and like a little thing, a little umbrella, and like various fruits. And there's a tiny rubber swamp thing uh, hanging out underneath. <laughs> okay, that's actually pretty cool. Yeah, there you go. Man, Just kind of pushes it over. I'm going to take a 10 from that wallet I uh, acquired. <laughs> from Charlie Chaplin's wallet? Hitler money. And slide that across <laughs> the table. Yeah, he'll, he'll take that and he'll put it in his money place. Cheers. Yeah, all right, cool. Yeah, and uh, I'll just go back to the table. So let's see if I... Uh, so yeah, I spend the blood point and like. Rebecca's like, you're gonna drink all that? Yeah, we'll see where the night goes. You'll never finish it. Wow. She like kind of gestures with her pinky to grab at the second straw in there. Just gonna push that over. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I thought she was being a bitch. I didn't realize she just wanted some. <laughs> just a bit of his. <laughs> Chiraco. Put me in the mood for it right here. It's great. When summer rolls around, there's so much of it on the menu. Right? Oh my god, it's amazing. Especially early to late June. Ah, graduation time. Ah, cheerleading squads, they just fill themselves up on this. October, it's all like... Ah, parents... We're going on vacation while their kids go to boarding school. It's just not the same. Yeah. How you been doing? Oh, I've been good. Been good. Been working on some projects, some work with Zelda. She's got the last of the craze up and running. Craze? Uh, refresh my memory. They're a uh, type of computer. All right. Yeah, she bought some from the Human Genome Project because they were selling off parts. Pretty much any time she says something that he doesn't understand, he either is like, oh yeah, that's refresh my memory. Right. Trying to keep up. Tell me more about. We had to budget in for shipping just to get it on down here. Yeah, I guess they don't have a, a manufacturer for that down here. Oh, they're heavy as shit. 10 megabyte RAM. Took up an entire like quarter of a shipping container on its own just to add that in. Shit. 
Not along with that. Yeah, she also spent a blush of health blood point and is drinking. And later she's just gonna go drinking again. <laughs> Every night is drinking night when you ever heard. Because I guess they have their own lives and go to drinking events and stuff, so. They all have their own goddamn lives. What about you, Fyodor? Well, I'm just trying to listen in on the conversations that are happening and figure out what's interesting, what's going on, and be a quiet good boy. Uh, well, just snooping in on what your sire and Marcel San Giovanni's talking about. They are talking about using the newly acquired Cray to uh, map feeding patterns across Atlantis 1. Uh-huh. So they can see when people are drinking, where they're drinking from, and get demographics for it. But, um... I don't know, make a roll or something. Something spy mastery to see if you can't infer something. Mm. Put your skills to work, Peter. With Earn that beat. Investigation? Yeah. I'd even go for subterfuge, too, if you want to do that. Mm-hmm. I'd do that as well, or...? If you'd want to use that instead of yeah. investigation. Investigation's higher, so... Six? Oh, four successes. So I guess I'll spend the willpower to make an exceptional success? You want to make an exceptional success? Let's do it. Okay. Um, I guess you're going to have to ask questions at them, then. Oh. And they'll just answer really favorably. Mm, okay. Alright, so, ask some questions. Mm, Duh, child. You uh, look like you have something to contribute. Yes, what do we have from the neonate? That one's mine. <laughs> I feel Um, That's all very interesting. How are you to be gathering data? We will be using the resources that have been spread throughout the city uh, since my arrival to try and pick up data from uh, local police departments, hospitals, and BBS boards throughout the city. We will also, the uh, San Giovanni raises hand, be coordinating with my contacts in the local hospitals. They shall provide us with anemia cases and sleepiness or overtiredness, prescriptions for um, any sort of uh, alertness pills. It's not like we're on the surface, so I can't just track meth use by truckers like I usually would. Well, they don't participate, or are some areas of limits? I am confident that we can collect data from the entire city. Uh, This is public-facing, after all. There's nothing that can be really hidden. The signs of feeding are everywhere, as far as... He makes kind of like a hand motion that you know from hanging out with him, that he... There's more, but he's trying to figure out a way to talk around it. That's your hook to get in for the exceptional success. So what's more? Sorry. He's like he's like trying. He's making a, a body motion, yeah, a body yeah. language motion that he's trying to talk around something that has to do with them collecting feeding data. That and if you can pick at that, you can get the info, and that's your exceptional success. How do you give the context? So the, they're collecting data some other way. They're collecting data on feeding. Yeah to figure out who's feeding and what the demographics are. And for something else, there's something else. There's like a, the, the way they were talking before you came in is that Dr. San Giovanni was talking about the data they've collected already shows that there's a hole somewhere. 
that doesn't account for vampires. There's something else feeding, kind of. Ah. So there might be something other than what's here that might be causing some problems? The free with the data? Uh, that's actually pretty astute, yes. We think there might be other things preying on the population, uh, reducing opportunity costs for us. Oh. That's very interesting. Something near water sources. Oh. Okay. Yes, if Air, Air Lacroix would give us some more access to the Russian Dome, I could send in some reconnaissance. for finding some good gossip? Yes, that's exactly it. Oh. You did it! Yay! I don't know how to confirm that what's his name is just not a dude. Like, he does something. Yeah. Quick, throw something at him. See how he responds. Justice right? is blind. Stab him. You just want him. I need to know if you're magic. I mean... If it smells blood, it might be something weird. Maybe it's unicorn blood. <laughs> Living a half-life. <laughs> half-life? He drank unicorn blood. He's living on the back of another dude's head. He's... I mean, would I have noticed anything up close? Just that he's fucking weird. He's immortal, and he is currently writing a note using newspaper and magazine cutouts. You're going to walk up to him writing it? Yeah. Are you doing anything magic? No. No, I was basically... going to walk up and look at it. The la he's on, like, he's on, like, side two. Like, the, <laughs> the other side of it. A very hey. stern letter. <laughs> A very sternly written letter. And yeah, the sense he's currently working on, non-consecutive. And, like, every once in a while he has to, like, peel a letter off because he has a dictionary and he's trying to spell consecutive. Fucking lord. What are you, uh... What are you... Writing? A letter. People write letters. Why are you doing with codes, uh... Magazine things? I have carpal tunnel. He's a medicine. To investigate this carpal tunnel, bring his rest. <laughs> Here, I've got something for this, it's called pot. I don't need your bribe. <laughs> <laughs> and now she's gonna feed. <laughs> um. Yeah, I, don't, I don't fucking know. I can't just, like, be going off using my magic on him. I mean, you could. Stabbing him. Stabbing him! <laughs> Pretty sure both those options are frowned upon in Elysium. Just stab him. Or drink with his blood. I want a person blood drink. I mean, given how he's like chopping this stuff up, wait for him to get a paper cut and then order a drink. 
and see if he uh, spills blood in there. Spill the beans. This is really creepy. Blood beans. Uh, fucking lord. I don't have anything I want to do. <laughs> Show me your magic, magic man. He doesn't have carpal tunnel. I'm like 90% sure that's why. I can roll if you want me to. You gonna tell it to his face? He doesn't have carpal tunnel, no. Yeah. One of his hands moves much smoother than the other, though. Almost like your dudes. Gross. The, the rhinestone hand. Gross. I mean, he's also Iron Man. I mean, I know he's a huge nerd. That's what I know about him. <laughs> he's supernaturally nerdish. Uh, like, in character, I don't know if it's rude to be like, what are you? What's your right? deal, man? Shaking him. So, like, I don't know. And we're back. So, uh, nothing else really happens, and eventually people start moving around in their seats and chairs to face the stage to get ready for Elysium. Mm. Michael Iron Man, the master of Elysium, the dude behind the bar, the living man, uh, moves from behind the bar and, like, drops the curtains around the stage area, and a few of the people filter into the back. Uh, of note, uh, yeah, a few people just get up and leave, and eventually everyone turns their attention to the stage as the lights dim, and you can see Michael kind of in the front, like, plugging and plugging stuff back in and, like, working the switchboard on the side. And uh, they do a mic test, and then the curtains rise. And standing there in the spotlight, next to the mic, which is set fairly low because it's a smallish bar, is the Prince of the City, Sebastian Lacroix. Sebastian looks like a man in his early 30s, maybe mid-20s. Um, pale, French, blonde, sandy blonde hair, uh, and the... And the entire right side of his body uh, is charred and has glowing embers on it. And smoldering ever so slightly in the night. He has a cane that he leans on on that side for support. And you guys know him as the Prince of the City, the person in charge of this place. <laughs> wow, air quotes. Jesus Christ. So yeah, what we do in the shadows, Elysium. Good afternoon. It is I, Prince Sebastian Lacroix, and we are here to convene a October night Elysium. It is currently the Day of the Dead outside. Very auspicious night to introduce some new members of our society. I serve under Napoleon. I've been I've been prince of this city for about two years, and I'm sure many of you have met me. But these are a few facts about myself. I enjoy fencing. And now, we will introduce the Senators of Atlantis One. First of the Senate is Zelda Redford. 
and he goes and he uh, he doesn't take a seat. He just stands slightly off and to the right behind people as they come on in. So the Red Fur is a woman in her early 40s. She looks fairly well kept. Um, also blonde hair. She wears kind of gothic uh, Victorian style clothing that also looks like it's kind of aping business suit designs. Uh, she has long... Um, sharpened fingernails that look not like talons but more like tiny little razor blades uh, and yellow eyes that give off a audible or not audible like a very noticeable kind of glow or pulse to them like they're a gold color i am zelda redfer i am senator of atlantis one i take care of concerns from the business side of the city several of the several of the companies that make Atlantis one what it is, are under my direct purview, and their subsidiaries run everything you interact with in this city. Interruptions to business are inadvisable, as they hurt our entire society and interrupt the flow of commerce into our projects. I enjoy business success and not having my projects interrupted. She moves behind. Uh, Alexei Romanov uh, is brought up next. She introduces Alexei Romanov. He is a Russian man. Large, dark hair. Um, well, not large, but like long. Like he, he's, he's, he's a little bit stretched out. His legs and his arms are a little disproportionate. His torso is about 25% longer than it should be. He has a sallow face that he covers with small black rimmed glasses and uh, greasy, long, kind of stranded hair. Um, there's kind of almost liver spots moving up from his suit collar. He wears like an American-style FBI suit, and you can see like these kind of liver spots moving up his uh, neck, almost like he was sick or had some sort of blood disease in youth. Gross. Yeah. I am Alexei Romanov of the Romanov dynasty. Moved here from my coven in Russia, the motherland, to take care of some of the more interesting issues the city is afflicting and to lend my aid to the already quite adept first estate that is being run here. I trade in information and I deal in solving issues you may face. If you have a problem with the kind or with local law enforcement, or with the masquerade being breached, please, by all means, come to me first. I'll be more than happy to take care of you. And a man walks up. He's a little shorter than everyone else, uh, especially compared to Alexi, who's a giant, because he's all spider-like. He's short. He has a full mustache and a little bit of facial hair. He has an eye patch that's bejeweled. He's wearing a brown tan blazer and sweatpants. I am Skarmelian. I was a gladiator in about many years ago. I represent Uzuria and the Judecan engineers, a senator of Atlantis One. Do not go into the sewers, unchaperoned. It is dangerous to your health. And he moves. 
Special Crow takes the mic. Myself and the three senators of Atlantis One take care of all kindred issues within a city. Any problems, anything strange, anything untoward, and he kind of eyes the Nosferatu table, that you may be experiencing the city should be brought up with one of us, and it'll be considered intentional if it is not. Now, this one is a very small city. It is isolated, and we enjoy many benefits within its dome. The sun cannot hurt us. There is a lack of other co co competition in the city. We are a tight-knit community. It's very hard for things to happen without one another hearing about it. We should take advantage of this to make a more successful all-night society. And it's only through cooperation and adherence to the guidelines and societal rules that we have established that this will be a successful society. Who would like to come up and volunteer to introduce themselves? Oh, shit. I guess I can go first. Oh, you go first, Cyrus Pat! Yep. Round number. Alright, you head up. All eyes are on you. A parliament of vampires. Hello. I guess I should do the full title. Sure. Okay. An answer. <laughs> I am Lord Fyodor Vladislavovich Patrov, member of the Third Section Dynasty, the Meister of Engineering, the son of Graf Alexei Romanov, the son of Marquis Alexei Arnachev, uh, Son of Margraf Pavel Petrov, son of Kniegnia, Yevdokia Ivanovna, the daughter, the daughter of Erkerkok Rurik of Kiev. Russian titles. Yes. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, and I bow and. Take my place to the side. Yeah, everyone claps. Uh, Sebastian kind of stops you. Tells one of your hobbies. Um, I'm an architect. I've uh, engineered a lot of the buildings you see in the city, from the promenade district down to the uh, workers' places. Very good. Who would like to come up next? Oh, on stage. Oh boy, Rebecca's like clapping a little. Oh god. A silent clap. Yes. That's so yes. silent. Thank you. Uh, Singular, a lonely. I'm a Kaiser Vargas Jr. Uh, son of Kaiser Vargas. <laughs> god damn it. <laughs> Fucking lord. And uh, I rent VHS tapes out for a living. Hi. Uh, Lacrosse, like, ah, yes, my grandsire. Grandchild. Grandchilder. He's like, grandchilder. I always get them mixed up. He laughs off. <laughs> Video home systems, a very interesting thing. Yes. He's going to give you some more candy next. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Even his suit smokes a little on that side. 
I'm gonna stand on his others. <laughs> like even embers kind of creep on through the uh, the business suit he wears. He has to actually do blush of health to shut that off. It's like a walking frenzy machine. Thank you, Grandpapa. And then all eyes turn at the implication of who's next. Uh, can I get out, kind of like, smooth out my shirt on stage? Um, hi, I'm Leo Kelly. Um, I like gardening, and I own a uh, holistic medicine shop. There's a snort from uh, near the control panel from Michael Iron Man. It's a real thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's a real job. <laughs> Very good. Yes, you reap what you sow. And Sebastian's like clapping and smiling. Gardening joke. <laughs> oh, go to one side. You guys are allowed to sit down because the other vampires are going to start coming up to introduce themselves. We have to do this once a month. No, no, no. Then who's the substitute? Ezra has to eight character to ah, the others. Uh, the guy who looks like Dracula is like, no, my child. It is just to introduce you to the All Night Society so you can know your fellows who work in the shadows. Stress like Dracula. Oh, did you come here from like a Halloween party or something? Yes. Cool. Cool. <laughs> yeah, he kind of like moves his hand across the, his bottom lip a bit, smudging some blood off of it. <laughs> All right, so the cast starts coming on board. So Rebecca Smith, woman in her early twenties, almost the same age as Ariel. Young woman. She's in a business suit. She has her hair in a power bun. She walks up confidently. Hello, I'm Rebecca Smith. I am Secretary of Atlantis One, which doesn't mean what you think it means if you were born after 1957. Everyone kind of laughs at that joke. She makes it every time. Like, like, you, like a lot of people fake laugh at. <laughs> that essentially means I, I uh, orchestrate the prince's will and make a lot of the high-level decisions that he can't be bothered with. So, my word is his word, and his word is law. Keep that in mind. There's uh, my, my childer down there. Take a look. There's Caesar. Look at him. Yeah. He's going to help me with our drug empire. <laughs> He's really good at drugs. In fact, he has a record for it. And everyone's like, oh, okay. Yeah. He's going to help us move cocaine to all of our business people down here. It's like everyone kind of claps. It's like... So yeah, if you have any problems that you want to bring to Prince Lacroix, you should bring them to me because I speak for him and his word is law and he has many things he deals with. And she kind of claps at herself, <laughs> goes, sits down. She's like a living stock photo. <laughs> <laughs> Laughing at a salad. Right. Especially the first time we meet her, she's just sitting perfectly still with a salad. <laughs> There's like a dude painting it. <laughs> It's like, don't worry, once I have my stock photos done, this will be perfect. <laughs> An old man walks up. He is wearing a vaguely British military uniform. It's like gray and black and has epaulettes on it and like little badges on them that you can't quite place. Um, old and British looking, short cropped hair, salt and pepper, a wizened face. 
I am Commissar Rubedo. As Commissar, I am in charge of making sure all laws are followed and punishments meted out. Please do not force me to met out punishment. And he kind of just stares at you all for like 60 actual full sentences. Six sentences. Six, six, six. Seconds! Sigourney Weavers. <laughs> Sigourney Weavers. It's late and it's hot and I'm slurring. <laughs> it's actually pretty okay in here. For yeah. me, it's. But I also horrific. had like a really cold shower when I first got home. Which, uh, I just want to die. Anyway, after those 60 full seconds pass, he then kind of begins talking again, like, like almost like he's sprung to life. I also run a film and entertainment appreciation night. The schedule is in the bar. Do not come in halfway through the movies. And then he goes and sits down. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, your sire goes up. Marcellus San Giovanni. He is a pale, thin, and sickly-looking dude that looks like he, doesn't, he didn't eat a lot when he was alive. He wears, like, a, a long woolen coat and has, like, kind of an Italian-style business suit underneath. His hair is uh, long and greasy-ish, and he, used, he, he kind of combs it over to the right and looks like he's... He looks sweaty, but not, like, gross sweaty. He looks like he's always kind of, like, under a lot of pressure. <sighs> I am Dr... I am Dr. San Giovanni. I have been brought in by Air Lacroix to investigate the blood plague issues afflicting the city. To that end, I have been given special dispensation to sire a new kindred to assist me with this work. That new kindred is... What's your full name? Leona Kelly. Is Leona, who did not mention me in her introduction. <laughs> you will notice that I have people in suits made of leather, wearing armored helmets. They are mine. They are not alive. They are none of your business. Don't drink blood from kind you haven't checked. That's how you get blood diseases. And if you have a blood disease, we will have to inspect you to try and clear it. And nobody wants that. If you are, if you currently have a blood disease and have not checked, gotten checked out, this will be this will be construed as intentionally misleading us. And then he goes and sits down. And Sebastian Crawl's like, and that is the first state members. They are here to. Make sure the city and kindred society runs smoothly and is organized in a constructive way. Let us bring some of our more eclectic members on board. A figure walks onto the stage. It is six feet tall. It is clearly hunched over. It is covered in black and, and gray greasy leather robes and like padded wool. Uh, under the hood is like a white and red mask that gives off a kind of glowing effect, and underneath the robe, whenever like an arm or a hand starts to kind of almost sneak out, it's wrapped, and it gives off a sort of mist. It just stands there. 
It's giving off an aura of pressure. Sebastian Lacroix, this is Uzuria. She is head of the Judecan Engineers. They are a coven that lives in Atlantis One that we share space with. Their feeding grounds that I have granted them are the Russian Dome. Please speak to them. If you have kine, you wish to hunt in there. And of course, avoid going into the underbelly of the city. There are dangerous machinery and inexplicable floodings in some areas. You don't want to be flushed outside. With that, Azuria walks off stage and you don't see her again for the rest of the night. Uh, then a diving suit walks on stage, big and brass and covered in plate and whale skeletons. And it looks like it's going to start speaking and Sebastian just puts his hand up. This is Kena Zozo, child of Uzuria. They also work under the city and outside the city, dealing with issues the city faces from its construction. That will be all. And it stomps its way off. It's still, like, wet, and, like, you can hear, like, seawater oiling out of it. It also will not be seen for the rest of the night. And then that guy walks up. He's in, like, a 20s kind of, like, zoot suit. It's red and black and a little bit, uh, a little bit garish for the night. He has 3D glasses on, he has a bat face, he has a beer in his hand. Hey! I'm Ira McKellar, I'm not related to any of these people, I'm just part of the engineers. I'm not anyone's child or sire down here, um, but I am close family with Alexi. Alexi will tell you all about it if you uh, decide to mess with me. He'll be big on that. Uh, I'm Ira! I'm a Canadian. And I lived in L.A. for a while, and I lived in Russia for a while, and I live here for a while. I like arcades, drinking, uh, jazz, music, pool, you know, just fun things. We got game nights, you know, come, in, come to game nights. Hey. Jesus looks super confused at this point because he has seen this guy around the arcades. Walking around in daylight before he got turned. There you have! He used to say he was an elephant man. Daylight. It's like, what the fuck? It was so obvious! Did he sneak in here? It was so obvious! He also tells people that he's related to Batboy. Or he was Batboy. <laughs> oh, wait, sorry. Um, he kind of points to the back of the room and Ariel, the little young woman, the slight young woman, wants up. This is Ariel. Uh, she was someone's childer, and she hangs out with us. So if you're looking for her, ask one of us. Kind of looks at LaCroix, LaCroix looks at him. A series of glances exchanged throughout the entire room. People are looking at each other. A hundred things go unsaid, and then they sit down. And then Dracula takes the stand. He glides on up, his feet almost not touching the ground, his cloak billowing as he walks, or glides, or whatever. He's literally wearing like a long red and black Dracula cloak with a brooch, 
his pale gray skin and long clawed hands, bat ears, and like, you know, wolf's fur hair. Obvious fangs that haven't retracted. Hello. I am Bruno. I am of the Order of the Dragon, a scion of Dracula, the original. I come to the city from a land far away. I traversed the oceans and the dragons that existed in between, and I snuck in on a wish in the back of a whale. And that is my child, Veronica. She's a marine biologist and has several degrees in marine biology. We are investigating marine biology. I, as a hobby, enjoy marine biology. <laughs> Do not hunt where the marine biology center is. That is our feeding grounds. Or the hunter may find themselves hunted. Commissar Rubedo has asked me to clarify that I will alert you to his authority. <laughs> I will not hunt you. That has happened in the past, though. It is a very real threat. <laughs> and he glides his ass back to his chair. Veronica walks up. She's just in normal person's clothes. She has like a like a little like uh, nurse's lab coat over that has like just stuff, like notes she's been faking and stuff. Her face looks monstrous. Like, it looks like it's been pushed up and opened into almost like a shark grimace and has, like, layered shark teeth in it. Hello, I am Veronica Bluth. I am a renowned marine biologist. You've all seen me in the paper and on the news. I am now a vampire. Bruno turned me, and it is amazing. <laughs> I enjoy being a vampire, hunting sharks, feeding on whales, and seeing what it looks like from the outside uh, when one of these animals gets killed by a predator. I'm also fairly new, so if you have questions about being a vampire, um, oh, sorry, Kindred, I'm always willing to schedule in for an appointment. She goes and sits down. Sebastian takes the stage. And that is our collection of kindred here in Atlantis One. I hope together all of us will work together to make a cohesive and stable society. But to do that, I must lay down some very strict laws and reinforce them. The first, of course, being that there will be no siring of child without my express consent. To do this, without my consent, will be considered the most capital of crime and will be dealt with accordingly. For reference, Ariel Lemaine had a sire, and he did not have my consent. He is no longer among the All Night Society. And he was my previous second-in-command. The second law is there will be no ghouling. That right has been revoked indefinitely. 
You will not pass on the powers of the blood to the kind. You will not allow them to gain these abilities and risk breaching our masquerade. Feeding off of them, making them compliant with the blood, these are all fine. We all know there's a difference between feeding and keeping a herd and having, well, to use a term from our own Master Felicia, Michael Ironman, a Renfield. And finally, there are mandatory Elysium meetings on the last of every month. These coincide with blood tests to check for any sort of bloodborne disease that we are currently grappling with. That is all. And the prince goes off stage and will not be seen again for the rest of the night. Ooh, fuck my great. <laughs> and that's it. Everyone kind of, you're introduced to the vampires, you get a feel for what they all look like, and they start mingling. They're going to spend the next hour, couple hours mingling together. Except for the ones that have left forever. Didn't cool. know I was supposed to uh, talk about him. The introduction. Oh. <laughs> I didn't talk about Rebecca either. So. No, not everyone was doing it. Yeah, but Rebecca introduced him. Your sire is just petty. <laughs> That's not shocking. Well, the best house to heal to follow the rules of the victims is like stating your whole blood lineage. Is yeah, but like, no one ever did that at all. <laughs> it's a real Nazi about you know, the right way to do Fucking Lord! Uh. Speaking of which, I'm going to track him down after uh, after that. Speaking of his struggle. Uh, yeah, he is... Um, he's sitting at the table with Rebecca. And uh, they're just trading notes. Hey, sorry, can I get a uh, moment of your time? Very well. They are fleeting these days. Yeah, this, uh, this blood disease. You said to check before. You said to check the kind before you like a drink. What are, what are signs or like, how do you do this? Uh, lesions, and then they die awfully quickly and awfully. All right, that's uh, easy enough. As far as checking, have them checked at a hospital. So, like, form a herd. That's what you call them, right? Herds? Find a few kind you want to drink from. Tell them to get their blood checked. Tell them to not have certain relations. Christ. Keep, an, keep a hand on your cattle. Okay. Not looking too easy about that. <laughs> kind of goes back to finish his little lagoon. If we're back oh, that's, the oh that's gone. Jesus she Christ, took that down. Buy a second one. Perfect. Christ, lady. <laughs> what about you, child? How goes the hunt? All right. I find that certain people are more satisfying than others. You'll get that. 
It's in the blood. Makes things harder. Well, I'm sure you'll figure it out, and once you do, you can set up a more efficient means of gathering blood. Don't make it too standardized. It makes... It tends to make people go a little aggressive. You'll find you'll need to hunt. You'll find that you won't be as satisfied with caged food. You'll have to hunt free range. I mean, if you eat cheap dinner, it's every night. Yes, whatever that reference was. <laughs> Also, I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but I can send stuff out with blood. Mm. Not a common trait, but good that it's been developed. Would speed along uh, testing. Yes, we'll coordinate in the lab work. Ah, unbelievable. <laughs> The amount of labs that have been backed up. You know, McCraw's expecting results on the first of every month after, but he takes away the last of every month with these <sighs> pleasantries. What's the point of having an assistant if you're going to be here with me, not looking over the not looking over the projects? <laughs> She's complaining, he complains all the time. Him going unbelievable in that voice is just... That's just him, man. <laughs> he acts so put down on. Uh, I guess I'll talk with Veronica. Sure. Veronica is uh, over hanging out with that Dracula guy, Bruno. Hello. Ah, hello. Um, I'm still learning about what's going on here. Um, can you tell me more about your Ordo Dracul? Ah, the dragons. They're uh, a blood cult that believes that Vlad Dracula was a real figure who gave them secret Dracula powers, and they were passed on to his wives, that there were three of, that ran different departments and became sorcerer scientists that experiment on the vampire condition to throw off its weaknesses. That was the gist I got from Bruno. Is Blood right there? Yeah, he's there, but he's not paying attention. Oh. He has like a little notebook open with like stuff he's writing into it. Hmm. That's very interesting. Hmm. The whole Dracula thing sounds apocryphal, but no, no, it's not. Ira, bat face guy. Huh? I met Dracula. Oh. Veronica kind of just pinches the bridge of her monster nose. We've all heard this story. It's a very dramatic story. Oh. I guess I'll have to ask him about that later. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Dracula's a real person. 
Well, Bruno's a bit of a, and she kind of just makes a hand motion at all of them, a traditionalist. Uh, he's a romantic at heart, uh, an artist or a poet. To him, if Dracula's real or not isn't as important as the, the ideal of Dracula is good enough to that it could just be real. Mm. Facts don't matter, really. So I said you're more focused about the real, verifiable facts rather than... Well, that's his brand of science. His brand of science are facts don't matter. It's more what you feel, and it works pretty well for him. Mm. And really... Vampire kindred exist, so facts really don't matter. Hmm. Also, and she kind of gestures at the bar, our host also exists, so she shrugs. Huh. Is there something wrong with him? He's a. Uh, that's a very good way to put it. There's <laughs> something wrong with him. Oh. Oh my. She kind of just chuckles. There's something wrong with him. Well, thank you for your time. Yes. Well met. No, Nicole. <laughs> Nicole made the worst witch introduction pose. Fuck you. <laughs> it's just not important. Demons. I see demons. Do you guys do anything? Well, I talked to uh, San Giovanni. Is there anything really going on? or uh... People are milling about. It's Elysium, so people are kind of stuck here, introducing yourself to each other and just shooting the shit, catching up. They really just stuck here? Like another hour, it's over. It's yeah. polite to be here. Michael calls it, so he usually drags it out. To waste everyone's time. <laughs> like, he even walks slow to the door to, like, flick the light that says Elysium's over. <laughs> or, like, put the fucking ceremonial shroud over the statue of the Virgin Mary. Whatever the fuck he does. He changes it up every time. Great. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'll talk with that. You are then. Hey! Look at that! It's the new guy! Hi! What's up, comrade? Well, Elysium's up, I suppose. <laughs> right? Just a bunch of serial killers in the same room. Man, that could go wrong. Yep, we don't want the feeding frenzy here. <laughs> yeah, those go bad fast. What can I do for you, smooth skin? What? Smooth skin. Iris' face is, he's all like oh. bumpy and monstrous. Sorry, I thought he was talking to Michael Iron Man, because this guy was just talking about Michael Iron Man. No, he's talking and to Iron like, McKellar. Bat Boy. Yeah, I, I get that. That's why I was confused, though, because I thought Michael. Like, even like the that. back of his arms and like his hands and stuff for cartilages is just up and kind of spiny looking. He knows that Fyodor uses Nivea. That's all. <laughs> for men. <laughs> So, you're related to my sire? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my sire is his older sibling, which kind of, in a funny vampire, makes me your dad. Does it? Yeah, some way. Would that make us cousins? I mean, my sire's older, so I'm pretty sure that puts me just a little bit above you. Just a little bit. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, she's great. Ah. Oh. We spent like 30 years in Russia together. It was perfect. Oh, who's your sire? You know, uh, he didn't, what, you never met her? 
Well, no, I haven't been to Russia in about a decade. Shit, really? Yeah. Oh my god. I was just hanging out with Alexi like five years ago at the at the winter home in the castle. Oh. No, 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 my, uh, my, my sire, my, my, uh, I guess I'm her concubine, uh, Anastasia Romanov. Oh. The witch queen of the north. Oh. Yeah, she's great. Ah. What a doll. Hmm. I... So you met Dracula? Yeah, I totally did. It was great. All right, so like two years after Anastasia turns me, I'm out hanging out in Hollywood, right? Uh, I was just sneaking in on, uh, God, it was a production of something. I don't even remember anymore. I think it might have been they were filming I Love Lucy. I don't remember. I love that show. Anyway, I was cutting through the woods because I didn't want to have to take the bus because I didn't want to sit and piss and shit. So, all of a sudden, I'm walking through the woods at night, middle of Hollywood, a bunch of wolves start running out. Big fucking silverback wolves covered in blood, right? And they're chasing this animal down. This animal's another wolf, but it's bigger. <coughs> its fur is black as midnight. Its eyes are like red fires. Its teeth are glowing like steel. And they're fighting this thing, and they're chasing it. And they're like chewing into it and tearing chunks off it. So I'm like, hey, I like this wolf. I feel like I should help it. I run in and I get into a fight with it. I have monster strength. It can't, these wolves can't stop me. So the wolf and I, the black wolf and I, fight the white wolves. And like, I guess I kill them? Or they run off? Or I think I got my legs bit off by them? They were wicked strong and walked on their pine legs after a while. And I think one of them had a claymore. It's, it's just all a blur, right? Wow. Anyway, so I'm like upside down over like an old tree stump. Uh, I think I was thrown onto it, so I have, like, wood coming out of my stomach. And the wolf, like, the black wolf, it's up on its hind legs, and it walks over, and it turns into a man. But that man's Dracula. You know how I know he's Dracula? Tell me. You ever see the movie Dracula with Bela Lugosi? I think so. That's what this guy looked like. Ah. He was Bela fucking Lugosi. But he even had the cloak and everything on. Hmm. And he's like... He looks at me, he locks his fucking Dracula eyes with me, and he goes, Ira, and I didn't tell him my name because he was a wolf, I don't tell wolves my name. He goes, Ira, my child, how the blood has twisted you so. And he like pulls me up off the stump and cradles me to him like a, like a father cradling an import, in, newborn with his strong fatherly hands. And he like, he like nicks open his wrist and feeds it to me and says, I shall give you a gift, my child for your loyalty to our nightly compact. Hi. And uh, I don't know, I, like, I, like, he like buried me afterwards. I woke up and had to dig myself out. Uh, but it was pretty great. Fixed up that night. Jeez. Yeah. I just started to tell. I know, right? It was great. Yep. And then when I uh, moved down here, I stopped having to go to sleep at night. So I've just been up and running since then. Huh. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. Dracula gifts. Yeah, when I was in LA, I noticed that I was waking up earlier and going to bed later. So, hmm. <coughs> oh. Bella Lugosi. Man. And I know it wasn't Bella Lugosi because Bella Lugosi was still alive at the time. Hmm. 
I mean, he was in Plan Nine. I mean, we have someone who looks like Balagos right here, but you know. Uh, he looks—he doesn't look like Balagos. He looks like a like a Balagosi impersonator. Ah. Uh, I mean, that's not a bad thing. Balagosi's a handsome man. You know, he looks exactly like Dracula. I bet you Dracula. I bet you Bela Lugosi looks like Dracula because Bela Lugosi is Dracula's descendant. Hmm. And they look alike. Just like in the story Dracula, how that woman he likes, you know, keeps reincarnating and looks just like the last actress. <laughs> so they don't have to use different actresses. Because they're cheap. That's interesting. Destiny's way of cost-cutting. <laughs> you put it that way. That's my Dracula story. I meant actually fucking. I think I think those were werewolves. I don't even know if those are real, but uh, I mean they were men wolves that were hunting Dracula. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Crazy. It was a full moon that night too. It was a blood moon. It was a harvest moon. You can fucking check the farmer's almanac and figure out which exact night that was. Oh. Bella Lugosi was filming a set. Other end of Hollywood that very night. Hmm. Oh, so many coincidences, so... Do the fates. Yeah. Man, that's a story. It is, right? That's, yeah. that's my Dracula story. I met Dracula. I saved his life. On life. And he gave me blood gifts. Uh, okay. Well, it was nice meeting you. Yeah, nice meeting you too, new guy. You're all gonna fit in great here. So, do you guys do something? Actually, I, I'm going to ask Rebecca about ghouls, actually. Because that was brought up. No. How can I help? What do you need to know? Uh, Prince, you mentioned uh, ghouls and how they're banned down here. That's, I think you mentioned it before, where that's like you feed someone blood and they become like, servants. Yeah, that's essentially it. So, there's two kind of ways that works. You find someone, you drink their blood, you feed them your blood, and your blood is not blood, it's different. And, oh, your blood's a drug. That's a good way to put it. Huh. It's the best drug. Cocaine does not match. Uh, and after a while, mortals just get addicted to it and reliant on it. So, mortals do what you say, and you can have them do what you want. Very easy, great for being, a, for being kindred excellent way to manage having people to drink blood off of. And that's but there's a further step where you can push it a little and kind of push. Okay, you know when you get angry and you feel like there's like something inside pushing at you that's, that wants to like hurt people? Uh-huh. Yeah, that's where, uh, that's like, that's like, where, that's like the actual vampire you are, or the kindred. The colloquialism is the beast. Anyway, you can push a little bit of that into a mortal through your blood, and it gives it the, the strength and the, the enhanced reflexes and senses that you have as kindred. Right, and that was banned. Is there, like, did something happen? Nothing really happened, but the, the, the prince has been moving to a more cautious take on the All Night Society until we can get a few of the kinks ironed out. Yeah, I guess there's uh, not much room around here to move around. Not much room for expansion, and, I don't know, other kindreds seem to get this idea in their head that once they've made someone into a ghoul or, or, a, or a blood servant, that they're basically vampires already, so it wouldn't hurt to turn them. The, the temptation's really great. 
people like uh, pissed when he dictated this whole uh, no ghouls thing. Um, people are always upset when you tell them what to do or tell them what, that you're not allowed to do something. I mean, yeah. What happened to the existing ones? I mean, I assume they existed. There weren't that many. Um, and the Nosferatu, oh, I'm sorry, the, um, the engineers, the bed table, they were the ones that had the most of them. They were turning a lot of workers and foremen, and uh, they were told they had to wean off of that. Sure, they loved that. Yeah, but they stopped complaining about it after Ariel's sire ended up being uh, decommissioned, so. Right. My sire just worked around that rule. <laughs> So this isn't something I can do accidentally again in Shipwreck, right? This is something There's I very can... little things you can do accidentally now that you're kindred. There's a lot of will and intent behind it. Cool. Alright. You do it to animals, too. And plants. I've seen someone do it to plants. Is that okay? Is that a thing I can do and not get? Ah, yeah, they're just animals. People shoot animals all the time. Huh. If a dog's really strong, no one's gonna notice. Okay. Thanks. No problem at all. Yeah. Yeah, that's all I had to ask. Nicole? I think I'm mostly listening in on every single other conversation. Yeah, it's a lot of people just circling back to conversations they had last month because, you know, that that's how it works when you live really long. The continuity is a little fuzzy, so they're like, oh, yeah, we'll just pick up the same conversation. Yeah. Like, not even repeat it, just continue it because these people don't hang out with each other at all outside of Elysium. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you want to do Yeah, looks like the nights are coming to a close, and after maybe maybe about a half hour later, you notice that a lot of people are staring at a part of the wall. There's a crucifix that's uh, been pinned upside down, and the reason they're staring is that Michael Ironman, the master of Leeson, has picked up a rod. He's been slowly scraping against the wall, getting closer, and like, kind of missing it until he finally hits the, the, the longer tip of it and flips it around so it's right side up. Everyone kind of just gets up, starts making their way to the door. <coughs> I uh, guess that means we're free to leave. Yes, Elysium has concluded, as per, as per tradition. That's tradition? It is this month. <laughs> There's a schedule and a little bit of information that's kept here. He runs Elysium a couple nights a week. So you can come here and freely talk amongst yourselves. Oh. The mandatory sessions are end of the month. What is I going to look for the schedule behind the bar or something? Yeah, he keeps schedules printed out in a conspicuous location. Oh. It, it's called the All Night Society and it has a timetable. Neat. There's also scheduled events on it for other parts, like uh, that movie night, and also the, uh, apparently there's a night where the Master of Elysium and Bruno have a debate in one of the other uh, buildings in Promenade Dome uh, on the nature of ethics and morality. Oh. Iris penciled in a Galica tournament. <laughs> Okay. Alright. Lisa ends. People leave. You're in the final phase of the night. How long does Lysium last again? A couple hours. Mm 
Two time segments. Sweet. One. Like you guys have three time segments each month, and it takes up the middle one. Okay. Or each day. This one is six middle ones. You're in the last segment. So yeah, the three of you are basically alone outside the iron. Michael Ironman still has the bar open. He's pouring himself drinks. So, uh, where do you live? Am I right? Canadian Dome. Yeah. Kind of in the center. So I'm gonna be honest, we're all kind of in over our heads here, I think. Or at least we're the newest here. So, compared to everyone else, we're in over our heads. Maybe we should kind of stick around. I suppose. Uh, what he was telling me is, you know, you kind of need herds. Or like you, uh, your your uh, your sire is the one who does all the blood stuff, right? Yes. So he's talking about that. Uh, yes. Also, I'm really good with medicine. Also, I can tell if people have it just by smelling their blood. So would you be super opposed to helping us if we say brought people here that we want to drink from? Not at all. Although I don't think we're supposed to bring people here. Oh, not here. Sorry, just wherever you have a you have a clinic. I have a yeah, yeah. This. I was gonna say I have a shop, and I'm like, you might actually know that I have like a back alley clinic. <laughs> so, I know you have a shop. Right. Yeah, you sound like our best bet for not royally screwing over our own whole mortality thing. Yeah. And in return, I'm sure we can figure out something. It definitely sounds that would be a good idea because this kind of got out of control. And I don't know how much of that is vampires. Yeah, I'm going to be frank. I have no idea how to spot the ships. I just pick people off the bars. So. I mean, I'm not a doctor. I'm not gonna be searching these people for fucking lesions. Also, I don't think that's like. By the time lesions show up, it's. way late into it. Yeah, exactly. So, so how do you spot it? How do you spot it? I smell their blood. Ah. How do normal people spot it? They don't. Yeah, yeah they, they, they don't. Yeah. They, apparently people are sending their, like, potential... Herd. Herd. I was, I was trying to find a way to phrase it other than, like, meals. Uh, their potential people they want to drink from, they're sending their blood to, like, literal doctors, I guess? Oh. But that takes a long time, and then by the time you get the results back, who knows if it's changed. Oh. So how do you get the disease? Uh, vampires, it looks like. Oh. Well, no, it's oh. like transmitted. Caesar's just making gestures with his hands. Yeah, like, I mean, well, no, no, it's, it's like, it's, it's a sexually transmitted disease, or drugs, oh. or... There's lots of different ways you can get it, but oh. apparently vampires. Oh, makes sense. You know, blood and blood. 
I mean, I don't think it will hurt us, but if all the people die, and also it'd be really sad if everyone was sick. Plus, it also sounds like we'll catch shit from the big guys if we start doing that. Yes. Yep. Are you guys still inside the iron when you're talking? I think we're like kind of standing away. <laughs> yeah, I think we're standing away from where people can see. Oh, there's no one else here except Michael. Yeah, I think we're just there. Yeah, you don't want to get on the princess bad side. What, yeah. happened, what happened to Ariel's sire? Well, the prince doesn't believe in executing neonates or vampires anymore. He uh, He's lost that kind of taste for it. So he just staked him, put him in a box he had me weld up, and dropped him in the trench outside. Um. Yeah, because, because killing him would be cruel. Right. Yeah, there's a chain on it. So, staking him. Yeah, staking him. That doesn't just turn us to dust or some shit? This isn't Buffy the Vampire. Oh no, wait, this isn't the 90s. This I isn't an 80s show. Was it, was it, what did the movie come out in the 80s? I think so. I don't think it did. It was super 80s, if I recall. 1997 is when the show started. Uh... Nope, 92. Oh, pity. This isn't Van Helsing. When you get staked, you go to sleep. Well, you don't go to sleep, you basically die. You go into a coma that you don't wake up from. Well, this is not awake. That'd be horrifying. Yeah. That's how you get Reavers. What's a huh. If you guys uh, lose control of your humanity and act like giant assholes, uh, eventually uh, you being blood-sucking cannibal rapist takes over your personality and you just hunt and kill like a goddamn animal. And then you get put down. It makes a shotgun motion. Probably with a knife. Probably with fire. So how'd you fall in with all this? Oh, I was here first before the leeches showed up. So when the city was built, that's cool. Yeah, I helped build it. I got land shares from uh, the company as opposed to salary, so I use that to have places I live in that I make money off of. Oh. And you just... Did you come here the first or second wave? First wave. Ah. I was here with the original build team. And you just uh, babysit everyone once a month. Yeah, more or less. Make sure there's nothing weird going on. Check for signs of shenanigans. Keep the fae out. Fae? Fairies. Oh, it's that type of bar. I see. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. My character was like, had her eye, like, her eyes wide when we said, like, oh my goodness. Yeah, Caesar just kind of looks like down at the table. He's like, oh. No, no, no. Not, not that kind. Like shit, baby sealers. Fairies actually exist. I don't know. Do vampires exist? Yeah, but I kind of expect. I thought, kind of thought that was like the one exception. Did you hear Batboy talking about the werewolves? Yeah, but that guy pretended walks around an arcade during the day, talking about how he's Batboy. Yeah, I go. I gave him that one. I gave him that first issue of Weekly World News. It was great. He's a fucking vampire, and I walked by him like every day. Fuck. 
Yeah. Makes you think. About how that eventually happened, and then you died and became a vampire. No, it it wasn't even a near miss, it actually happened. Huh. So, fairies exist, and uh, you know shit that keeps them out. I mean, like actual shit that works. Yeah, but you know, a room full of vampires does a pretty good job of it. Yeah. I just make sure they're not, you know, snoopy. What do you mean? Well, not snooping, hiding, watching us. I've had a problem with them in here before. <clears throat> so, why you? Like, why did you start hanging with vampires? I didn't. Lacroix reached out to me. I hate to keep asking the same question over and over again. Like, why? Why you? Eh, Lacroix needs someone to be Master of Elysium, and uh, I don't think he wanted someone who could be bought, and he was under the impression that I, and he said this when I wasn't around, but, you know, video cameras and microphones exist, he was under the impression that I had so much contempt for the supernatural, he air quotes, that I couldn't be bought. But you're like a, well, it'd be stupid to ask if you're a vampire hunter, but you're like a supernatural hunter or something. I don't really hunt things, I just kind of exist. Huh. I, uh, I talk to things, and things answer back, and I get them to do stuff for me. Like a medium? Uh, kinda. Shit. You ever hear of the allegory of Plato's cave? Did my grandmother mention it once? No. Alright. So there's a cave, right? No. Alright, imagine you grew up in this cave your whole life. And, like, you live. Like, you got food and shit, so don't worry about if you died five minutes in. But you grew up in this cave your whole life, and you were chained up, and your neck was, like, stuck in a way that you can only stare at one wall, right? Uh-huh. That's your whole life. And throughout your entire life, there are stuff behind you with a fire behind it. And the fire makes shadows of the stuff on the wall that you only get to stare at, right? Uh-huh. So, the stuff on the wall, like, you know, if it's like, I don't know, a sword or a shield, you see this shadowy impression of a sword or a shield, and you think that's real. Because it's all you know. That must be a real thing. Do you follow me so far? Yeah. Okay, so what happens one day if you're, uh, you're let out of the cave, and you get to go outside and see what the real world looks like? And what, what the things that make the shadows look like? You're supposed to all this new shit. You learn new things. You, uh, Could you ever go back to the cave and convince yourself that the shadows in the wall were ever real? No, nah, man. Could you convince someone else who also was in the cave that they were real? Probably. Probably enough. No. No. It never works. So it's just there, huh? Yeah. You'll find that it's really easy to feed off the kind and abuse them because they think the shadows on the wall are real and don't understand what the outside the cave looks like. People like me get the glorious gift of knowing what outside the cave looks like, and we can't go back. And also, there's more to the metaphor, like we actually create the objects that people see the shadows of and stuff, but it's, it's a little advanced. Like a reality walker, shit like that. You ever watch Star Trek The Next Generation? Like the Q? Yeah, like John Delancey. Uh, you're kind of like, uh, 
Jack the Ripper, voiced by the guy who voices Piglet from Wayne the Pooh. What? Like, we're both strange monsters, but one of us looks much better in a uniform, and the other you can't really take seriously in that episode. That's oh, and I was also a serial killer. That's fair. That's you guys. Yeah, can't really deny that. So, that answers. Things, nebulously. Really. The world's fairly nebulous. There's a lot of stuff out there. Nothing fits in a box anymore. Nothing fits in the cave anymore once you leave it. Yeah. People have their whole lives to figure out what the shadows mean and put them in a nice little worldview. Now that you're kicked outside of it, everything is strange and you don't have an entire lifetime to rationalize it. Last one's no different. It's a weird place. There's weird stuff going on. Most of your goddamn vampires don't follow the rules. <coughs> like, Iris just active during the day. Yep. Nobody questions it. Like, even I didn't really question it when he was walking around the arcade during the day looking like fucking that. Yep. People like the cave. There's only two or three things they have to look at and figure out. So, what things should we be looking out for as of this? What else is there? Never make a deal with someone who wants, who's trying, who's giving you a good deal. Uh, always get it in writing. Uh, don't hang out in the parks. Be aware of owls. Owls are nobody's friend. Um, if somebody says they work for God and they also are a one percenter. Run. That's, that's advice to live by. Don't drink the water from certain pipes in town, but I think that problem's been cleared up. And you guys don't drink water. And uh, never go to a casino that has a golden idol as its jackpot slot machine. Oh, sometimes mannequins come to life. What? And they are hungry to be real people again. And they will burn your town down with invisible fire of man. What? Yeah, it's a scary world out there, little dove. Thanks for the advice, man. Yeah. Now, also, don't bully people. Uh, every once in a while, if you bully a mortal and like try to do weird, freaky social experiments on them to like, I don't get a rise out of them. Every once in a while, they break in the wrong way. And uh, I don't know if you've ever seen a horror movie with a serial killer, but those are based on real things. So you're talking to someone who turned a serial killer that like serial kills other serial killers. They never caught Jack the Ripper. Fair enough. It's a weird world out there, and nobody's documented at all. Some people get obsessive over finding out all the mysteries that exist in uh, the waking world. So, you know, if someone's really interested in you or curious, keep an eye on them. Right, we've got to keep up this, this masquerade they keep talking about. Yeah, don't let people know that, the real, that their world's a lie. I mean, they get awfully stabby over it. 
Yeah, well, don't want to wind up in a canister under the ocean. So. Yeah, that's more the the more prescient point here. If you fuck up hard enough, Lacroix will toss you into a iron coffin. So they can't just banish you or some shit. They'll just out. They will out. banish you into a ravine, seven thousand meters below the surface of the ocean. And then when enough times pass, they'll let you out. Drop on by sometime in the month. I'll show you the site. It's great. Yeah, sure. I think that's all the questions I have. Yep. I think we're way deep over our head now. So, like... Big fun world out there. It all makes life not worth living. What do you mean by that? Okay, so what did you do before you died and became a sexual serial killer? Well, I'm not that. But moving on from that, um, I own a shop. Okay. <laughs> what did you do before you became something that steals the breath from young maidens and men at night? I was not picked. You're an architect. Were you proud of the work you did? Yes. Did you, did you feel like you accomplished something, made things that would last, that would uh, reverberate through history? Oh, yes. Well, you can sort of this. Yeah. How much shitty is all of your life's work now that you realize that vampires and magic things exist? In comparison. Like, hey, you could have been an architect your whole life and made a lot of cool buildings, but uh, there's a dude over there from Roman times who's been in charge of a large part of the world forever, and his uh, legacy reverberates through all of history. Mm. Kind of makes that Sears Tower look a little shitty, right? I mean, there are buildings that are still in abuse to this day, so if we have lots of time to come to our own, then. Yeah, it's vampires, but when you were a dude, mm. if you never became a vampire, everything you did in your life would have been meaningless. I don't think I agree with that. Eh. Every accomplishment Dr. San Giovanni could have done in real life is pointless now that he's a blood necromancer that can cheat to fix all these issues. I mean, if his accomplishment in life was to be good enough to become a vampire... Good enough. The air quotes. What about not vampires? What about the other weird things? Some of them just happen, and they're far more effective at what they do than vampires are. I can't really tell about those. The accomplishments of the kind, he says, you know, the word for people, are pointless as long as things like us exist. It undercuts every accomplishment, it undercuts every triumph mankind has or ever will make. The Apollo program is a joke. How so? And probably some fucking vampire helped with it. There's probably some werewolf on the grassy knoll blowing the Irishman's head off so that they uh, they made sure the project kept going. I don't know. Some politics thing. It's all a game. Some sea leviathan that has a billion children probably convinced all the different people to build this dome so they could have like a nesting ground so that they wake up they can eat everyone in here and use their bodies as skins to rise to the surface. It's all a ploy. It's all a big conspiracy. 
Yeah, Bruno doesn't agree with that, so we get to have our little debates every month now, instead of just talking about it in person at the top of our lungs during Elysium like normal people. <laughs> Until your lungs are hoarse with blood. So I mentioned that stuff in the pipes. Do you know what's going on with this? Uh, yeah, there's a bunch of vampires down there fucking with the work we did when we, when we came here. Oh, so... There's more vampires than that's here? Oh no, I'll go on something better here, give or take. Uh, but there's a bunch of them down in the pipes changing my pipe work. Huh. Just sealing off sections, opening up new ones, putting in new systems, changing water and utility flows. It doesn't affect anything, but I know it's happening. I mean, does that affect some people? You mentioned that the drinking block is bad, drinking the water is bad. That was a separate thing. There was some bad water. It came up from an undercurrent or something in one of the filters. It it went bad. It had it had something in it, and uh, Lacroix had the uh, the engineers fix it. People got sick. If you guys have been here long enough in the last one, you remember there was a water boil crisis a couple maybe a year back, where a lot of people got really sick and died. Hmm. I think I would have arrived just on the tail end of that. Okay. Yeah, that's what I do. I just make sure everything's fair and equal. Shit gets down here. Yeah. Well, thank you for hosting us. Sure. Cool. Behind you guys, because you're at, I assume you guys moved to the bar area, like the bar table area when he was talking. Oh, yeah. uh, behind you guys in one of the doors, one of those sentinel things. Mm. It's just staring straight ahead at the door frame. What's up with those guys? Standing. Okay. Oh, the good doctor. Uh, those came with him. Hmm. I see their tricks. Okay. Yeah, they're definitely not alive. Hmm. Well, you guys aren't alive. Yeah, but they also aren't us. So. Robots are zombies. So, Devin, hmm? like, am I not supposed to talk about what they are? Ah! Uh, the doctor's more along the lines of, like, it's none of their goddamn business. They wouldn't understand anyway. Okay. It's, it's just not worth talking about. You're gonna send a marvelous sign of your zombies. So one of them went missing a couple weeks ago. The doctor never really talks about it, but it just vanished. I mean, they're just kind of people-looking, people in heavy armor, but still people. I wouldn't be surprised if one just got dragged into an alley. Yeah, that wouldn't really work. You can't really staff them. Really? They've got weird fucking gloves, I know that much. <laughs> yeah, they do! Yeah. Yeah, that's weird. Like, how are they down here without, you know, 
Jackman. Thugs everywhere, noticing. Who knows there's a guy in motorcycle helmet? Yeah. They're all like identical looking too, aren't they? Yeah, different different like heights and body builds. Oh, okay, so they're not just perfect automaton. No. They're not clones. Yeah, Michael, uh, he's just gonna close up shop. Hmm. I think that's pretty good for the first session. Yeah, I think so. It's a pretty good where to close out on, just talking to people, getting information. We got a feel for a lot of the dice systems and good opener, little leads, contested yeah. rolls. Uh -huh. All right. So I think we'll call it there. Uh, how, how do we do this? How do we close off an episode? Their names, and then I do it. And do I go first or do I go last? Do I usually go first? You go or last? first. Then everybody else. Okay, yeah. I don't know. I haven't closed off an episode forever. So I was Devin, Nicole, Kevin, and Peter, and this is sponsored by Nobody. Signing off.